my heart might ail me The synagogues of Satan might accuse and jail me Strip crown nail me, brimstone hail me They might defeat the flesh but they could never ever kill me they might could feel the music, but could never ever feel me. To the lawyers, to the sheriffs, to the judges, to the debt holders and lawmakers. Fuck you, sue me, bill me. That name on that birth certificate, that ain't the real me. The lies can't conceal me. The sunrise and the moon ties and the sky's gonna reveal me. My brain pours water out, my tear ducts to heal me. My law's too beneficent. The message grab a hold to every ear and get whispered in. Waters in the bayous of New Orleans still glistening. The universe is listening. Be careful what you say in it. My grandma told me every bed a nigga make, he lay in it. The church you go to pray in it. The work is on the outside. Staring out the windows is for love songs and house flies. Y'all niggas need to check the airwaves. Y'all niggas need to uh, fill your chakras and get them shits aligned because y'all thought running trips wasn't about growth. Y'all thought running trips wasn't about healing. Well, guess what? We about that, but we also about the fuck shit. So I'm the type to get my mantras off, but I'm also the type to rob you and your baby mother as you stepping out of a movie theater. Don't be the next Bruce Wayne, motherfucker. Running trips okay, is in the fucking area. I was wondering if you going to say something about Batman. <laughs> I gotta, gotta go off. I ain't gonna stop you going off. Okay? But I'm choosing you, motherfucker. Alright, uh, we start it off. Go ahead, bless it off, man. Ah, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Running Triz is Black History Month. Fuck that. 365. I hit your ass with the funk. Martin said, let him slide. Malcolm said, bring the punk. Me, I'm all about both. I mean, I chill, I confront. Uh, pfft. You already know, you just gotta ask those who I'm chilling amongst that I will come through and make a nigga lose lunch. That's throw up. Uh, I son a straight nigga like a grown up. And um, I'm, I'm making hating niggas ass sick like Corona. Virus. Virus. You already know, uh, people sclera iris. That means I see the guys, my nigga. I am Osiris. What else? Slap box with the guys, my nigga. You see the. Uh, <clears throat> you see the highlands. You see the highness. Uh, what the truth is, we know we, we specialize in violence. Because <laughs> we specialists. I need my girl with extra special tits. I'm about to say the same thing. Go ahead, go off. Go I on, told go Dr. On. Miami, here's an extra 20000 She might get upset with this. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll start it off. Uh, all right, speaking of titties, let me get on my hentai shit. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Okay. Call me Toyota Mirakami. Mm-hmm. I just started banging for the Yakuza. They sip sake. I'm sipping on kombucha. Mm. Was it kombucha or kombucha? Kom- kombucha? Is it kombucha? I think it's I think it's kombucha. 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 What else? Pause. I ain't sipping on no kombuchas. Ew. I kiss a koi fish. She kissed a barrel of my ruga mm. and cocked my gun back like the year of the rooster. Cock a doodle doo, nigga. Come enter the dragon. I hit the Wu Tang like I'm straight out of Staten. Uh-huh. She tattooed my name on her chest like Sean John did with fashion. Mm. What else? Talk to him. Uh, take that, take that, take that. I'm chemically imbalanced. 
You took your pussy? You see brilliance in my speech patterns. Mm, no stutters. You in love with the madness. Mm. I like the girl next door type. Mm-hmm. The act a little ratchet. Oof. Should read Harry Potter mm-hmm. and watch Bad Girl Club off a tablet. Okay. Uh, that's a total package. Mm. When my magnet is attracting, I'm fly as maggots. I turn head like screaming fan. <laughs> PC, PC, I pass PC. it to my bro to get a little more active. You already know I stay high as three satins. I can read the signs, my nigga. I interpret the patterns. Uh-huh. Uh, if you come at me with hotepery, please, you got to reimagine. Because I'm not about changing lives, my nigga. I'm changing passions. So get your focus up. Uh, you already know the slut. <laughs> uh, you confused, my nigga. Uh, she knows the both of us. Ain't no amount of potions gonna leave the hocus pocus up. And you already know, if if she don't get the walls of Jericho, she, she gonna, gonna get the, get the cover clutch. Oh, I thought you were gonna say she gonna fold the Dutch. <laughs> uh, y'all know what time it is. <laughs> hey, young world, it's your favorite cousin. It's the Run the Trips podcast, most dangerous podcast in America. Trips set, trips set. Trip said, what? Noels. The bad boys of this rap shit. More money, more murders. The best two-man squad in the league. Mm. Running a train on podcasting. Take that, take that. Should take I tell them about the brand? Nah, tell them about the brand. Tell them about the brand. If you need a quick eight bars about some hood shit. Right here. If you want to hear some shit talking performed at an elite level, you Come came on. to the right motherfucking place. Come a little closer. If you want to hear commentary about rap culture from two niggas, who remember what Lala used to look like on Direct Effect? Mmm. When Melo still had braids. If you're a shorty listening to the podcast uh-huh. to gain insight on all the things your boyfriend will tell you because he refuses to be vulnerable. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to get that up. <laughs> or if you just want to hear two niggas uplift black women and still sweet talk to these skeezers and her ass, you came to the right motherfucking place. Hope told me about bitches and sisters. We're here to provide a high quality content and to really figure out is it Uchiwali or One Mike? Today is Uchiwali. Or is it Exhibit A mm-hmm. or Exhibit C? Y'all already know what the fuck going on. I am the brow bully, your part-time activist, part-time gang enthusiast. Ooh, talk to him. AKA Tyler De Gatois, the real pretty Ricky. Yeah. AKA, <laughs> <laughs> AKA Wavy Canavy. AKA the Gerald Leto of the ghetto. Te llamo Tualito. For my Spanish hoes. Ponte de Rodillas y Levite Dos Manos. My blood niggas call me Twaru, mm-hmm. but y'all can call me Westside Twa. And I'm one half his dynamic duo. I'm here with the New Jersey Devil. My cousin and confidant, human PCP in the flesh. A legend of two games, tax fraud and racketeering. Low Noel, what's going on, bro? He's smoking dust, but still a black boy white folks can trust. What's up, what's up, what's up? It is your boy, Mr. Blessed and Highly Favored himself. Um, Low-Key Noel, a.k.a. The Low is Your Shepherd. Follow me, hoes, a.k.a. Wholesale Noel. We doing a Nickelback special. We in honor of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, a.k.a. Low-Key Loco. You can catch me on the west side. No, don't catch me on the west side. My name not too good out there. Also on the cut. We got a little sunflower here. Mm. The real film floor. Shea Butter, what's going on, bro? This universe. This universe. I woke up at 11 today. I feel amazing. Mm. I'm good. It's a weird weekend, so that's why I'm happy it's we're doing this. It's been a super wild weekend. God yeah. damn. Weekend was too short. I figured with this podcast, uh, this would be the podcast version of Erica Badu's Baby Daddies. Oh, okay. If you had to claim one. See, I already know I'm going with uh, Mr. J. Electronica. Why J. Elect? 
uh, because you never dropped a project yet. Never dropped a project. Also, willing to go ghost for a year and a half, but still show up on the Breakfast Club when my BM is there, just in case y'all niggas want to act foul. That's a good reason. Yeah, that's a good reason. Plus, you know, I might dip my toes into the. Uh, I don't know. What I was gonna say Rothstein. What was it? The the, yeah. Roth, the Rothschild pool. Yeah, Rothschilds. Mm-hmm. Sink or swim. Oh, they would have killed your ass though. Uh, I gotta go three sacrifice. stacks. I gotta go three stacks. Considering the recent news with my music career, mm-hmm. I feel like it aligns with his. This is the first episode of Black History Month. Lift so every voice and sing. I don't, I don't know the rest of it. Why'd you start it? <laughs> so we'll be beginning with the elusive <laughs> J Electronica. And I figure Black History Month, so I should give him some whole tap energy. What you think, man? I'm, I'm with it, B. I got my salves. I got my potions ready. You said what, brother? I said I am with it. You said what, brother? I am brother Noel. Uh. Breaking down no L. Meaning you refuse to accept malice, strife, and oppression or condemnation from this nation. Mm. This soil that is soaked in the blood of Fred Hampton and Emmett Till. Uh. Fertilized by the ashes of the Birmingham churches set on blaze by the Ku Klux Klan. Better known as the KKK. Uh-huh. Crazy chaotic crackers. Woo. The very spawns of Yaku who envision a white Christmas songs the crust of this earth. Mm-hmm. Noel. <laughs> Fuck Jack Frost, Tim <coughs> Allen, and Santa Claus. Ergo, the African influence that lines your mother's womb. Mixed with the Caribbean waters. First of all, brother Twilito, I'd like to first thank you for uplifting the black community and all of your actions and uh, uh, being a true role model. For the youth around us, because you know what the issue is today. What's the issue, brother? We ain't got to we, we got to take the metal detectors out of school, bro. Out of all urban schools, let's take the metal detectors out of the urban schools because ain't nobody shooting up black high schools. Let's throw them all. Let's let's have a row of metal detectors in front of every white high school in America, <laughs> <laughs> like a gauntlet. Like you got to run through this bitch, dog. And as your guys on earth raise you to remember that no loss you shall accept, mm-hmm. only the wins. You claim in the name of our father, who toppled the Ottoman Empire and taught the Romans how to read and the Chinese how to write. <laughs> Lo Noel, short for Angelo Noel, uh-huh. which means, oh Lord, my God, created the angels to bear his image. The first man, the, man. the Asiatic black man. King of kings. As I said, we look at our blood that represents these rivers and we look at our flesh that represents the soil. Just know you will die in America. That's what they need to know? Yeah. Alright, let's keep it moving. This is episode, Who's gonna survive in America? This is episode 56. 56? Uh, uh, yeah, 56. This is episode 56, Better in Tune with the Infinite, J Electronica's version. You know, fun fact about J Electronica, mm-hmm. he was on Cecil B, Broad Street, Master, North Philly, South Philly, 23rd, Tasker. Six Mile, uh-huh. Seven Mile, mm-hmm. Hartwell, it takes a very special person to let you know every block. <laughs> every I'll block I've I'll, ever hugged. I will let you know every block I've ever hugged in these continental yeah. United States. In this episode, we'll be discussing how to heal. Y'all ready for that? Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. The most um, healed person I know. Yeah, let's go. We're going to talk about it. If you're a first time listener, Running Trips is a safe haven for emotional, mental, plus spiritual growth, all that other kind of fuck shit. Also, if you're listening now, we thank you for listening. Yeah, no. You could be doing anything else in the world, but you're here with us. Mm. What up to the Twi Hive and the Low Heads? Run a check or run a fade. Please continue to show love with the podcast, supporting us by liking, commenting, sharing on social medias, rating, dropping a review on the podcast app. Talk to me nice. 
Tell your plug about your set. Yeah, low key. Don't stop at your plugs. Um, I'm noticing. Uh, I'm noticing like a lot of niggas had it right, dog, when they started influencing the youth and pulling them in their bullshit. So tell your local elementary school to, uh, teacher as well. Let's 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 get them started young. Let's get them started right. So uh, you might catch me uh, passing a little. Were you trying to influence the teachers or the elementary I'm, school students? No, I'm influencing the teachers to sure. influence the students. Oh, bringing the overhead projector and yeah, just yeah, like exactly. stream the pot? Stream the pot. Fuck it. Um, instead of uh, what they call that shit, like nap time or some shit. Not nap time, like when they get their own time. Because I think kids nowadays are soft or some shit. So like they need time to process. Uh, I think all kids are soft. Nah, but like, come on. We didn't have time to process. Like you had nap time, recess, but like emotional process time. I don't know pro- what you're talking about. Yeah, nowadays, like, you got time to process everything that you went through today. Like, you need, like, a quick 30, 40 minutes to absorb your day. And you said that's a negative thing. Come on, B. I'd have had those 30, 40 minutes. And look how you turned out. Healed, baby. An episode about healing. Jesus Christ. Is that all you got? That's it right now. Shout out to Kansas City. They just won the Super Bowl last night. Uh. Shout out to the influx of scammers and prostitutes in South Florida right now. For the Super Bowl, I'm hearing a lot of niggas was uh, booking B&Bs and Broward mm-hmm. thinking they're going to duck the smoke from Miami boys, mm-hmm. and they're still getting got. I'd hate to be that nigga, dog, thinking you know you in the Dell, thinking you the man, just for a nigga who watched you leave a Super Bowl come through and rob your ass. Yeah, part of the game. Shout out to all the shorties disguising and bossing up with prostitution. I'm a big fan of that. Oh, yeah. Um, ain't nothing like a little... And fuck that nigga. Boss up. Boss up. Fuck that nigga and charge him $150 mm. every time. I'm like, that's, that's prostitution. I thought it was 40 I thought 40 was the, the going rate. No, that's how you bust up. Bust up on a nigga. Ah, <laughs> this is how you know we hit the end times because niggas was always talking about universal currencies. The fact that every nigga came in existence and said, you know what? Box $40, man. <laughs> At 40 ball? At <laughs> 40 ball, dog. It is kind of wild that, you know, they always say that prostitution is... What is it? What, what's the thing? The they oldest say? profession in the world. Yeah, the oldest profession in the world is prostitution. And the fact that we lowballed them. Because... And I'm thinking like, bro, who's building these cribs? <laughs> <laughs> That's the oldest. It's the oldest profession in the world. No, not teacher, not a, a contractor for a crib, not a nah, nah, not a blacksmith. Show these was pussy popping on the handstand. Not a farmer. Nah, nah pussy popping on the handstand. That's the oldest form of occupation. Shout out to uh, the first time I met a prostitute and the price is going down because the first time I met one, Shorty told me verbatim, 50 for the head, 100 for the spin. So uh, I think 40 is reasonable. <laughs> I don't know. You have no thoughts on prostitution? I mean, I would just want way more money than 50 bucks. I'd be you like... said 40. $40. Yeah, no, $40 would not be. I need enough money to buy an outfit, makeup, food. You could buy an outfit for 40 if you go like the H&M or some shit. Fashion Nova got you ready. Yeah, Can I buy tacos, an outfit, weed, and like all of that with $40? No. So yeah. give me 200 Let me have a good time. I give you a good time. As someone who knows uh, several prostitutes in real life, a 40, 40 go a long way. You can't pay bills with 40. You, that's one person. You got to put it away. on what bill. <laughs> <laughs> Cover that water bill. Shout out to all the, Once again, shout out to all the shorties giving consent with emphasis. <sighs> Exclamation point. What up, to all the, what up to all the B-words and N-words, non-POCs and OGs checking in every Tuesday. Y'all know it's OPM and OPP. Mm. Vibe check. Um, everything is good, man. Shout out to KC <clears throat> winning the motherfucking Super Bowl. Niggas is going crazy right now over there. Um, yo, shout out to my former brother-in-law, the biggest Chiefs fan I know. Remember, I used to live in Kansas City, so 
I already know the city's in motherfucking shambles right now. Uh, probably one of the most diehard uh, sports towns I've ever lived in. <sighs> Y'all niggas is really doing a little too much, and I love it. I appreciate it. I appreciate every bit of it. Other than that, bro, it's been a very uh, dead, dead week for you, boy, man. Nothing amazing. Nothing amazing for real, for real. You seem tired. A little bit, but that's every Monday. Mm. What's up with you, sir? What's going on? Um, I'm really excited. I started shooting my first roll of film for this year, and like I, it was interesting that it happened now because it was like a down period that I started it. The first portraits I worked on were really dark. And then by the next day, I was doing, like, really light portraits with, like, pink lights versus, like, I did some in my shower the night before when I was, like, in a weird place. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to see how those contrast to one another. Okay. This, and, was, this was over the weekend? Yeah, this was, it was literally Saturday, Sunday, like, watching my mood change and how I was just kind of, like, documenting that. How you feel about 2020 so far? Really good, because every time I haven't felt good about it, there's always been... It's like I fall down, but I don't hit the ground. There's always someone who's like a trampoline that just like throws me back up. That's what's up. That's like it's like re- I'm very about this energy this year, and I'm trying to reciprocate it as much as possible. This has been a very emotional week. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like this time last, the whole Kobe situation. Yeah. Thinking about Kobe dying. I think I cried for a different reason every day this week from thinking about, like, on Twitter, I accidentally saw... Well, I'm assuming it was, like, footage of the helicopter. helicopter. Mm-hmm. That shit was wild, just thinking about his final moments being with his daughter and going down like that. And I started thinking about my own mother dying, thinking about childhood moments of watching Kobe play. Mm-hmm. I've watched every time he won a championship and remembering where I was in life at that time. And I started thinking about my other heroes, childhood heroes, how it's going to go down when they go out. Mm. It's like, bro, I really can't take this shit, man. I think Kobe's the first childhood hero I can think of that... That we lost? That we've lost like this. Because, mm-hmm. like, everybody else I really fuck with was, like, from a previous generation. Like, when Kobe came into the league, you know, I was a kid. Like, literally watched my entire life watching Kobe play. Mm. So... I can't even. I can't even imagine. Like, well, it's just like weird seeing something in this world that was like so positive and so good. Like, it wasn't because he wasn't taking care of himself. Like, it was this tragedy. random tragedy of like mm-hmm. life that's just like terrible. That was. It's just crazy. Like, it, and starting off the decade like that was yeah. what it was. It was just like losing someone like that to something that I don't know. It was like he was there one minute and then he wasn't. And that's like insane. Yeah. There isn't a nigga in United States that doesn't know who Kobe Bryant is. Yeah. For real. Because he's a, such a pillar within our culture. Because, you know, they always say, like, it's either rap or basketball. You either ball in one league or the other. Kobe was right up there. Like, he is. And he's been legendary. Like, he's mm-hmm. literally one of our legends. It's kind of crazy to think, like, someone that, that changed a big part in most people's lives is gone. Like, how that shit went out is fucking... You know the type of... Type that shit's fucking crazy. I still can't believe it, man. You know the type of person you have to be for everybody to say every time you set out a basketball game, out of grief for Kobe, somebody says, yeah, Kobe would have want that. Kobe would you out there dropping 40 in his memory. Yeah, I mean, for real. Like, for real, for real. As much as you know, we try to, try to celebrate his memory and like continue on, it's just like, bro, that's just... It's crazy. And then like the, the part that killed me this week, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about, okay, how I'm going to react when Dwayne Wade goes, 
when Allen Iverson goes, when Jay Z dies, when Kanye dies, when Pharrell dies, when mm. Kid Cudi dies, the big when when Trick Daddy dies, when 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 Big Boy and Andre 3000 die. Mm. That's a lot of niggas. First of all, that's a lot of niggas that's gonna hurt. Yeah, for real. And that's that 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 that's part of the reason why we want to make sure that we do this healing episode because I think it's a big part, especially with niggas in our generation that don't know how to heal. But um, outside of that, one of the homies they called CAP on me. Mm-hmm. You know, last week I was talking about me not releasing music anymore, and he was saying that, basically saying I was bullshitting, yeah. saying that it's not gonna happen. You probably just prepping to put out a release. Uh, Put out another project. All this is just a rollout. Yeah. All this is just a rollout. Because <laughs> he asked me, I said, "What about the project you've been working on?" And I said, "What about it?" Mm. Like I said, "Does this mean like uh, you're gonna pull an Ivy Park Beyonce and all the local influencers is gonna get a box in front of their crib full of a uh, uh, merch before you drop the tape?" Man, even if I had the resources, I would never do no fuck shit like that. <laughs> and it then show to be no influencers. All the Jack Boys. You get a complimentary ski mask and a um, a box of bullets. Good boy. And my rollout. And a, a Crown Royal bag. Uh, that's how you know I did it for you. But I got one for you. I thought this was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot to mention that last week on on the episode, one of our day one supporters, she made a comment about the episode we did before that. And she said, a paraphrase, she said, why does he keep saying he's trying to provide guidance to a female when it sounds like he doesn't know where the fuck he's going his damn self? What's your response to that? <clears throat> first of all... Stir in the pot. Continue. First of all, um, I just want to thank you for being a listener. And I also want to thank you for taking your time out today to give us a content show, you know, interact with the podcast. We appreciate you. But don't you ever, ever, ever in your right mind on the right day, on the wrong day, Ever grab your... Matter of fact, next time you feel like addressing me and how I move, and you grab your phone, you grab your little greasy fingers and uh, your phone covered in all sorts of uh, bullshit and Cheeto dust and shit like that. Relax. (laughs) Shorty's educated, so I, I, I would move... I ain't talky fingers. Next time you feel I, I, like... I would softly, high school diploma. Okay, I'm doing a lot with the high school diploma. Not really. So, so but, is she right or wrong? Nah, she wrong. Because, uh... Well, go ahead. Elaborate. How is she wrong? You see, my I'm a shepherd. I've been saying that. For, I've been saying that for months. I've been saying that for years. It's my job to lead you because, like, uh, like Hope said, he went through that, so you wouldn't have to go through that. I got to do all these crashes. I'm the one who got to crash and burn, so I can make sure you don't crash and burn. I'm the one who got to fly too close to the sun and watch his wings melt. Right. I, I take this pain so I could uh, help you divert these situations. All right. That's why I want. I mean, when I say providing guidance, and it sounds like you need a little bit of guidance, for real, for real. And and no, I would I would love. I'm gonna say. <laughs> now go ahead. Go ahead. Nah, I would love to. Uh, I would love to have a one on one session with you. Because I would. I, uh... <laughs> this is a. This is. I, a... I, I, I would love to say that this would be the only girl to say it. Mention it to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Especially after uh, was it when we did problems. Uh, yeah, uh, a few, a few more female, a few of our female listeners. Uh, I'm not gonna say a name, but one girl said that you sound entitled. Entitled? Yeah, I'm not entitled to nothing. But you sound like it. Like you have, like you have, you sound. The way she mentioned, like you sound entitled, like you want this and this and that. But what do you have to offer yourself? 
Uh, same thing. I'm not going to come at you with some energy and expect something and not provide the same thing myself. For real, for real. I'm just letting you know, uh, I'm just letting you know how I perceive situations and shit like that. But, um, if I, if I have expectations, it's, I'm not on no, uh, leave it to be with shit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fulfill your expectations as well. So you, so do you disagree or agree with I us? Disagree. I disagree. I uh, disagree wholeheartedly. So I you, hmm? I'm listening. No, I'm just saying like, yeah, I think you're wrong. So there's a this is very this is probably one of the main reasons why I never co-signed this guiding females bullshit you always say. I this is what's crazy to me is how I just say I'm providing guidance and shorties automatically is, uh, assume that I'm I'm only here to guide shorties. Well, I say I never uh once, I was talking to women. I'm talking What to does everybody. that sound like to you, Shay? It wasn't but uh, when we were talking about providing guidance, I was talking about everything in particular. I was, I, I never said yo. The first time we were talking about you're talking about your ex. The mm-hmm. second time we were talking to sumo, and you're talking about females. And the third time you're talking about the first, uh, I don't Chloe know. from Chloe and Halle. I told Chloe I was gonna give her guidance, bro. When I edit this, I will add the clip in <laughs> when you say that, and I'll cut it right back right here. Shout out to Chloe, mommy. just like mom used to me. Hit my hit my line if you ever want to be on a podcast. Uh, we can facilitate that. Just two pillars. Just two pillars try to carry you. That's it. It's okay. That's what we here to provide uh, uh, guidance. Not guidance, but... Uh, Why are you always trying to guide somebody? I do not remember that. I feel like I've never said, yo, man, come through, get guided. Regardless of what you feel and what people respond to what you actually said is two different things, brother. I feel like people is not uh, actively listening. Because I do not remember saying that. What are your thoughts? Sometimes... We live in these worlds called delusion, and sometimes they're really hard to break through, but we are here for you. I agree. I've been saying this nigga is wild delusional. That's the main reason why I never co-sign the shit you keep saying about guiding, because I'm trying to figure things out, too. I'm not a trailblazer. We can figure shit out together, but how the fuck I'm going to guide you when I'm still figuring shit out? I'm out here, dog. I'm out here providing guidance. <laughs> That's what I'm He's doing. A I'm a shepherd. Where, where are you leading? You feel like hmm? uh, to the mountaintop, bro? Like, uh, oh like, my uh, god! <laughs> like MLK said, I'm listening. This is actually kind of interesting because off subject, but my friend was talking to me about how films tend to go in certain ways, and like straight men who do films, it's like they have sex; they'll go straight up, climax, then go down. But if you have like a woman or like someone who isn't straight doing it, like Moonlight. Mm-hmm. It goes like Wonder In Woman. Waves, right? It like goes like, you know what I mean? Oh wow! Yeah, you know yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So him saying like I'm going straight up the mountain. It's just it reminded me of that whole thing of just bloop bloop. I feel like there is some correlation when you say you're going to this figurative mountain just for you to do what after you get to the mountain yeah, to yeah. fall right back into the piss. And then we find another mountain. I <laughs> just should don't remember me saying I'm God and shorties. He said it three separate times. I remember in the freestyle I said I'm providing guidance and violence. Now when we were when we were breaking down the lyrics to problems, mm-hmm. you said I was providing guidance to Shorty while she was in school. And then when we were talking to Sumo, she asked you, What do you look for in a woman? Or what do you provide to a woman? And you said, Well, I provide guidance. <laughs> I like so that I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to give you an opportunity to defend yourself. I don't need to defend myself. I'm not even attacking nobody. What do you defend for? I'm just out well, here. That's not what I'm just out here providing guidance. 
Well, I guess we'll move on from that. Another brainstorming session at Westside Enterprises. And I feel like we're back with a 3P, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, previously we had um, Running Cribs, a real estate broker company. Mm-hmm. And then we had Running Waves mm-hmm. for all our members in the 360 Wave community to provide a placement for a do-rag and hair product, right? Spinners. And then we had Running Blades, our, our car shop and rim, rim detail rim, company rim. out in Houston. Mm-hmm. We had, was it Running Fades? Running Fades, our barber conglomerate. Our barber conglomerate in the hairstyle community. Running Shades, yeah, be our, our gossip. Our gossip community. Message board, mm-hmm. online community. Our only trips. Only trips for exclusive content. We had another one. Running blades, running shades, running fades. Running babes. You wanted to make a pro- uh, make it a prostitute agency. I want to make it a modeling, modeling agency. A prostitution. It pro- I think it was more related to a... <clears throat> not prostitution. Just a, like on some uh, OnlyFans premium snap type situation, man. You know. Uh, empowering you... Through these, uh... You see the bullshit that he <laughs> This nigga just cakes bullshit on bullshit. Yes. Through the uh Do you believe the shit that you say? All the time. You ha- there has uh, to you have to kinda of believe it for it to be real. Like sixty forty, right? Yeah. Seventy thirty. hundred percent. So I figure uh, going back no no last week, shits for jits. <laughs> that's gonna be our toys for tots situation for children, right? Mm. And I was thinking about, okay, that's the kids that's in school and healthy. But what about all these, like, cancer patients and the little kids with leuke- leukemias and lupus and all the other nasty shit, right? Like make a wish? Yeah. Not make a wish. Mm-hmm. March for dimes. Mm-hmm. Running jits. But those who are participating are the sick ones. If you win, you get to live. So it's a race for life? <laughs> <laughs> Essentially. And then I was like, okay, so if we get into that... If we get into the uh, charity market, non- the nonprofits, we got going to breast cancer, man. Breast cancer awareness. And what it? You already know, running tits. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if I. I'm not sure if I get down with running tits. You were down for chits for jits. So what's wrong with? <laughs> what's wrong with running tits? Running tits is a little. Uh... If Amber Rose can be out here with an I'm a slut walk, mm. why can't I do running tits? I don't know. It's just the I don't know the visual I'm getting. It's not a very uh, uh, a charitable. How's it not charitable? What if we get shaded running like to 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 uh, to, to, run, to, run to, be the, to to be the headquarters of that of part running, of, of running tits? You don't think that's a good idea? You don't think women will come out for running tits? If these I, bitches are doing a color run well, it's through the cities of Atlanta, they're gonna do running tits. Yes, I see more niggas at running tits. <laughs> Anyway. We just need to find a name that sounds better, just a little better. What's wrong with running tits? It's, it's not for, cute. It's for tits, though. It's not. It's not trying to be funny. Like <laughs> it's funny, doc. Running jits. It's, funny, it's March funny. for Nines. What's the difference between March for Nines and running tits? Trizzy for the titties. Uh, you see, now that sounds goofy. Running tits don't. Sound- <laughs> It's on brand. I just am thinking about T-shirts that would be made for that. It sounds like a sports okay, bar see, company. I see a lot of women. They have the white. T- I seen Vashti wear it, mm. the uh, the white T-shirt, and they have the outline of the yeah. titty on the outside, mm. and that's for some kind of awareness or whatever. So why can't we come out with, with some running tits? It's all is for breast cancer awareness and foundation. I know. Just the name is funny. Running tits. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I feel like running tits would be a, a fucking hit, and then uh, moving for moving outside of that. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we have to have our own show for New York Fashion Week. Okay. So naturally, mm-hmm. in, in, in collaboration with Jabot Jeans and Dapper Dan, Running Fits. Running Fits, I'm with. <coughs> Way better than Running Tits. Yeah. I definitely co-sign Running Fits. Running yeah. Fits? Mm. As long as niggas don't think we telling you to rob somebody for their fits. <laughs> Like, yo, it's Running Fits Week. <laughs> it's Running Fits Week. Come up out of that. Yeah, we run that shit. <laughs> and then lastly, going back to the children, well, on the more uh, the foundation part of a charity, mm-hmm. we have our own celebrity touch football tournament. Uh-huh. Running Blitz. I'm with it. That's hot. Very illegal, very aggressive. Two-hand touch, and I didn't say which hands. Oh, my goodness. You... <laughs> so I figure our referees could be 21 Savage. For the South, Mozzie for the West Coast, Trick Trick for Midwest, and Uncle Murder for the East Coast. These are your our referees? Our referees. Okay. Running Blitz, huh? Running Blitz. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely want to see a uh, West Coast, uh, Midwest uh, showdown. I'll tell you, East Coast West will be more entertaining. Uncle Murder versus Mozzie? Yeah, that would be. Uh, and then 21-7 versus Trick Trick. That would be entertaining as well. Are we doing anything for Canada? I mean, what could we do for Canada? Like, what, like, what do Canadians do? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you trying to be funny. That's all the world. What do, what do Canadians do? I'm saying, uh, throw, throw them a little, uh, throw them a little, uh, a little division out there. We get like a PND or Tory Lanez. Uh, now nah, we can get one to what's it, Nicholas Nicholas F. Nicholas what's one of niggas name? Uh, Nicholas F. or Some shit. What's another one of them niggas that uh, that Drake left in the dust? Roy Woods, yeah, we could definitely get Roy Woods, Woods out there. Mm. But who gonna, man? Who are they gonna play on that? We got you. Really want to see Nav playing two hand touch? Yeah, no. low key, I kind of yeah, do. I, I, I very much do want to see Nav uh, catch somebody with a juke move and see the brown boy go for forty, dog. And then I show up with a fake uh, birth certificate. <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm straight out of Quebec, Joe. <laughs> yeah, you know, MVP of the league. Yeah, fuck, nigga. If you don't believe that, Alberta. Yeah, Alberta. I'm a, you give off Alberta vibes. I'm gonna kill the stick on the on the field. <laughs> That's all I got. I really think running tits has potential, but fuck it. We gonna keep it moving. It's just a work in progress. Uh, y'all know what time it is. Next, we are gonna get into the what? Words of encouragement. About to get into the running words of encouragement. What up to all of the niggas and bitches checking in every Tuesday to catch a vibe with two of the most. Draped up and dripped out niggas in the game. The Running Triz Podcast. No cut. No filler. Just two cousins giving you your fix. Fronting you a sack to make it through the week. And reminding you to heal. You are a fiend, and you are appreciated. This week, Triz said has requested I speak on the importance of healing. At the age of 25, Kid Cudi once said there was alcohol in his wound, and his heart was an open sore that he hopes heals soon. With these simple words, he inspired an entire generation to begin embracing how they really feel, before taking a leap off a ledge, literally. While abusing substances for temporary relief is a quick band-aid. Don't forget to heal. Niggas will be more concerned, with their tattoos healing correctly, than healing from the murder of a loved one. Ignoring the issue may be convenient, but don't take the easy way out. If you don't know where to start, take the first baby step in expressing how you feel at the barber shop. Historically, a good barber is an unofficial therapist. For our female listeners, 
We don't recommend running to your group chat, for the emotional healing you may be looking for. There's a time and place for everything, and gossiping about other people's trauma will not resolve yours. We recommend touching base with an older woman who have gone through these experiences for advice and wisdom. There's nothing new under the sun, and it's never too late to learn how to heal. Hove said, he couldn't see it coming down his eyes. So he had to let the song cry. Just for 15 years later to say, it's time to cry Jay-Z. We know the pain is real, but you can't heal what you never reveal. As much as we try to convince ourselves that being numb is a permanent solution, what is buried finds its way to the surface sooner or later. What doesn't kill you, makes you stronger, if you heal. Otherwise, what doesn't kill you, makes you more bitter and difficult to be intimate with. Don't let anything keep you from being great. But, also protect your neck because they are lurking. Who is they you may ask? They are the ones who pray, and prey on your downfall. Mary J. Blige lived a life of hardship, and released an album titled No More Drama, in an attempt to heal, while her famous boyfriend was beating the brakes off her. I mean really whipping her ass. These sexy flexy ass, R&B niggas, are not to be trusted. Stay alert, and stay dangerous. Running Triz is a form of community service, and will continue to serve faithfully, so please support Triz Set, as we provide that high quality content you expect each week. Get better in tune with your infinite with the Running Triz podcast. Now, here comes the drop. You about to get into the running words of encouragement, uh, shedding light on those who are no longer with us, giving them. What we saying? Uh, running what words, I say? Running words of encouragement. But this is like our fifth episode of the new year, and I'm still trying to get into the swing of the <laughs> the same as. Like like this nigga said, it's Black History Month. We about to get into the RIPs, giving flowers to those who are no longer with us, those contributors to black culture, the rap culture, this beautiful thing we call hip hop, and my cousin Lona Well. About to bust off one of them things for the one time. What you got, Playboy? What up? Um, we are right now gonna show love to, like uh, my cousin said, it is Black History Month. So I was going through it, and I'm like, yo, there's a lot of like a lot of famous Black people that passed away, or whatever. So I'm like, let me show love to <coughs> for, for this month a lot of uh, lesser known, you know, Black activists and things of that nature. So we're gonna start today with. Reverend George W. Lee. And the wildest part is, that W stands for Washington. So, Reverend George Washington Lee. I don't oh, know. Very, very common. Yeah, but I don't know if it was like, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's common. 
Um, born in poverty in Edward in Edwards, Mississippi. His mom was a plantation worker. He was uh, his father. His step he didn't say no information on his pops. It just showed that his mom was a plantation worker. His stepfather was abusive. I think it's kind of wild that you would put like abusive as his occupation. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the information hey, they had on his hey, step pops. And hey, that's gonna be a, a, a theme of this episode. <laughs> Believe you me, <laughs> we got some abuse later on in the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, his mom's actually passed away while he was young, so George was taken in to live with his sister. And being a black man in Edwards, fucking Mississippi, my man managed to graduate high school, which was a big rarity for people back then. Wow, uh, so he began, uh, after he graduated high school, he began working on uh, banana docks, and during that time, he got a correspondence for typesetting, typesetting and became an operator of a printing press, which is a big-ass deal back there. He also served as a pastor of four churches, and he opened a small grocery store and solidified himself as a successful businessman and used that as a launching pad for community activism. Um, it was during the 1930s. My man got called to be a preacher in Belzoni, Mississippi. What's wild about George W. Lee is that he became the first black person to register to vote in Humphreys County, Mississippi, where like to be black to vote, like they had a lot of wild shit out there. They had like uh, poll taxes where if you want to register to vote, you got to pay a certain amount of bread. Oh, I thought you were about to say like y'all play dominoes and win or something like that. <laughs> nah, you got to pay a certain amount of bread. Oh, horseshoe or some fuck shit. <laughs> and literary tests, literacy mm-hmm. tests. So like you got to like prove you can read and write and shit like that to register to vote, which I thought was stupid, especially back then. You said what, what state is this? Uh, this is Mississippi. There's that, like, grandfather clause. Big surprise. (laughs) I got some smoke for Mississippi, don't worry. Yeah, so so he became became the first black dude to register to vote, and then he linked up in 1953 with his homie Gus Quartz, another person who owned a black grocery store, and they co-founded their own Belzoni chapter of the NAACP. Uh, I thought it was kind of wild. After he registered to to vote, the... uh, um, my man had the bread to pay the poll taxes, and he passed the literary illiteracy test. And the sheriff was still like, "Nah, <laughs> not enough for me, nigger." So you, uh, so how did Lee respond? Him and his homie, uh, uh, him and his homie Gus Course said, "All right, you want to play games?" They put up the bread, and they registered nearly all of the county's ninety black voters. Uplift, my nigga. Oh, yeah. Why didn't just kill the sheriff? <laughs> so, Why didn't just kill the sheriff? That sounds like a, a Django sequel. Or maybe a, a straight to video. I wasn't but, answering my question. Why not just kill the sheriff? I don't, you, I, I don't know why they didn't just kill the sheriff in, in, in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, does that sound like an easier solution? In Mississippi? He couldn't have me out there, boy. I'd be. What? That's why he couldn't have me out there back in the day. Uh, so, who who opposed, who opposed this uh, motion? <laughs> All right, we'll see him later. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Uh, so, um, in, in response to uh, uh, George W. Lee getting all this voter registration... You know the sheriff's name? Uh, nah, it's not, it wasn't listed. I'm pretty sure he's dead, see, because... Like, still shame his family. That's true. That's one thing that, you know, it's Black History Month, so y'all gonna get all this pro-blackness. That's one thing that needs to be brought up more. We mm-hmm. need to start start shaming the families mm-hmm. of these motherfuckers. Of these racist niggas? Like, uh, was it the Bull Connor? Mm-hmm. The nigga that has smoke for Martin Luther King? Yeah, all them corner motherfuckers, we need to shame each and every one of these motherfuckers. I'm with it. Because uh, one thing that I think is very interesting, especially being in the South, 
a lot of families are still benefiting off of the blood, sweat, and tears of black people back then. Yeah, and then they t- turn around and tell us, why are you always bringing race into it? Mm. Yeah, because my fucking family's still living in the projects because of some shit that your grandfather did. Yeah, that's why we keep that's, bringing that's it That's why we keep bringing it up. But your ass is over here in Destin Beach every goddamn weekend. Mm-hmm. Living it up. Living it up. Kiki and hoo-hooing. Dancing into uh, The Box by Rod- Roddy Rich. I'm just hoping I get free lunch again this year. But anyways, um, after... Uh, oh, after- Mr. Mr. Noel, uh, paperwork says your mother got a 50-cent raise. What does that have to do with me? Yeah, no more no more reduced lunch for you, buddy. You got to pay full price. Yeah. But I'm I'm 12. <laughs> we didn't ask all that fuck, nigga. Get the fuck out of my office. Get the fuck out of here. Put the milk back. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't pay for the milk package. Yeah, fuck out of here, nigga. <laughs> yeah, take this uh, sippy cup. <laughs> fill it with water. And you're not going to fill it to the brim, neither. I'm sure you found a 40 ounce somewhere, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yo, so in response to the voter registration efforts, they soon became uh, prime targets of the Belzoni Citizens Council. I thought it was why when I was doing my Google, I didn't know what the Citizens Council was. A lot of places back then, they put together, like, little militias. And basically, they became... Uh, anti-civil, like, they were activists themselves, but uh, anti-civil rights activists. So, just racist activists, for real. So, not, like, Ku Klux shit, because these, these was the same cast, the same energy we was given with the marches and the protests and shit like that. So, terrorists. Yeah, they white, terrorists. white terrorists. Uh, white terrorists. So, um, they came through, they started, uh, you know, harassing homie and his family and shit all, like all that. All lives matter. Oh, Yoda. Uh-huh. Amen. So, uh, my man was refusing to be shook. My man, uh, the sheriff actually came up to me. Unfortunately, he was unnamed and offered him protection from these dudes if uh, on the condition that, you know, hey, bro, stop this voter registration shit. Stop getting all these black people ready to vote. So what the lease say? SMD. I ain't afraid of nobody. So uh, so uh, my man stood his ground, said, fuck all of that. But unfortunately, as with a lot of these uh, uh uh, what can I say? Black civil rights, uh, uh, black civil rights workers that white people felt was too uppity and wouldn't listen to what they perceived as reason. They hit him with the fuck shit. Reverend George Lee was shot and killed while driving in his car in below uh, in below in Belzoni, Mississippi. An unidentified shooter pulled up of right pulled up right beside his car, fired three times with a shotgun, shattering his jaw and causing his car to leave the road. But what was the wildest part was to me about all this whole this whole story. When the NAACP field secretary, Medgar Evers, remember that name, you'll hear about him in a little bit, came to investigate um, the murder, the sheriff told him, yo, homie died from a car crash, and the, the lead fillings that was in his mouth from the shotgun was from the, was fillings from his... Uh, oh, bro? Yeah, go. Okay, so the sheriff did it. He had, he had gold slugs in his mouth. Yeah. Wait, so the sheriff killed him? Nah, no, that, that doesn't reveal saying. that, but... Um, what, did I, what did I just say, like, a couple minutes ago? Mm. All that could have been avoided Check that fuck nigga out the paint Yeah so all the legends Like yo that's just dental feelings And they said bro We already checked it And autopsy is not needed You gonna tell that shit to me So they snatched his body up And uh You know Epstein hung himself <laughs> Yoda So they snatched his uh They snatched him up Did the autopsy Figured out what really happened Figured out that he didn't die immediately That uh After the crash My man staggered out the whip Tried to get his wits about him And then passed away after that Um no charges was ever brought up against any suspects for Lee murder, but what I respect about it is, oh, this shit happened like right a month before Emmett Till too. Because in nineteen forty, like it's fifty, fifty, nineteen forty, 
Yeah, it would be 1950s, right? Yeah, it's the 50s. 1950s. So they did the uh, the same thing at Emmett Till when my man passed away. So you could see the fuck shit that y'all on. They gave homie an open casket funeral. So you could see what y'all racist, what y'all racist asses did. So a big rest in power to... Ray <laughs> Ray 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 Ray. I'm glad you got through that. Uh, this reminds me, I want to say maybe... Or oh, my birthday in October. Someone was like, yo, I get a kick out of hearing y'all read shit. She she said it's always it's always women too. She said I can always tell when y'all are reading something or when y'all are just talking mm-hmm. because it goes from casual conversation to a fifth grade reading level. Yeah, my reading level is impeccable. And I said, fuck out of here, yo. <laughs> fuck out of here. That fucking hurts my feelings. Man, I passed the I, I passed the uh, the writing and reading FCAT. It was the math FCAT that kicked my ass. Fuck out of here. Check my standardized uh, standardized test scores. Up a percentile every time. For a nigga that feels like he never being attacked, he sure has a good defense for everything, huh? Thank you. That is kind of... I was just about to say. I never said I, 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 no, it's all good, B. I never it's, said it's I never all... felt like being attacked. You I feel like I'm being attacked all the time. It's all good, B. Before we continue, I want to say RP for Jay Scott of ASAP Mob. He was Rocky's DJ and he passed away over the weekend. So I want to say big RPs for you, play but Shout out to the whole ASAP Mob. We're going to get into the shout outs. First shout out goes to 50 Cent. He received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which is a long way from the South Side of Jamaican Queens. You saying it right there lets me know that Atlanta needs a Hollywood Walk of Flame, but we call it a Waka, a Waka, a Waka Flame. <laughs> a Hollywood Waka Flame. It's just a statue of uh, Flocka. Uh, 50, this man has number one albums, movies, TV shows. He was slinging vitamin water. Mm-hmm. He piped Vivica Fox. Yo, though. Legendary moves. Yeah. 50 came into the game like a motherfucking hurricane. This Hollywood star of Walker, uh, this Hollywood uh, star definitely well fucking deserved. Mm-hmm. Shout out to um, when I saw that Dre and Eminem was there as well. Mm-hmm. Am you always be my favorite fucking white boy? The connection between Fifty and Dre is impeccable. You, you know the histories. Shout out to them. I really thought there was beef. So the fact there was that, beef between Dre, Dre and uh, Fifty. So the fact that they all came together to celebrate this moment—that's wild to me. Because them yeah, niggas was know. like the biggest shits in hip hop at one point. For sure, that was a three hundred monster. Yeah. Uh, they keep in the L.A. Next shot I go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, between their game with the Portland Trailblazers, those are dope ass. Tribute for Kobe and Gigi yeah, at the Staples Center. Um, between LeBron's eulogy, the jerseys, everybody wore either an 8 or a 24. The announcer naming everybody, each player as Kobe Bryant, and Usher singing Amazing Grace. I thought it was very dope, was very heartfelt, and um, I, th- I feel like it was a good send-off for Kobe Bryant. It's crazy. It's been a week, you know? That shit, is still, that shit still hurts, for real, for real, knowing that... Um one of the goats passed away from the game, especially so fucking early. As, as long with the uh, seven others that was with him on the helicopter, rest in peace to his daughter and all of that. I I do appreciate like all this love and shit that's going on for him, but like it just, it shit don't feel real for real. It felt real real when I turned on Two K, and it was all the billboards and everything mm-hmm. saying that Kobe's gone, and then watching that game, man, it's just, it's really real. Like this nigga really gone. But the dope part about everything is that he didn't go out as a martyr, which is something that is too prevalent in our uh, community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said last time, this is a black kid from Philly. That the entire world is 
rejoicing in his legacy and, and showing the greatness that he did. And I like how everybody's running with this uh, Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, Kobe, regardless if you hate him or love him, you got to respect his grind. Like, he's one of the hardest niggas I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like, this nigga, like... This nigga would literally look at you like shit if you didn't try to work half as hard as he did. Yo. And I got to admire that shit. And just a reminder to a lot of these cats out here, just because Kobe passed away don't mean you can use mama mentality for fuck shit. Well, we define fuck shit, though. Don't be like, yo, I would have raised my kids, but the, the game was calling me, man, and I had to... I had to move this way because that's where success was. Mama mentality. You got to focus on the championships. You got to focus on the wins. All right, we're going to keep it moving. Next shot I goes to Duke Deuce. <laughs> shout out to Duke Deuce. He might be the reason why there's no episode next week due to me and Lil being arrested for aggravated assault and arson. Yo, that. He's dropping the Crunk Ain't Dead remix mm-hmm. on Wednesday, the day after the podcast dropped. It'll have Little John... Juicy J and Project Pat. Oh, y'all tweak it. Yeah, that shit gonna be fun. I saw uh, the little snippet. I said, bro, I feel like a little kid again. I really hope that Crump, Crump Music makes a comeback in 2020. That would be wild. Because, like, I'm gonna keep it all the way straight with you. Like, I love, obviously, I love trap music. It's a sound of, you know, our environment, where we come from. But that's cool to just, like, you know, ride around with, you know, cool, like, you know, hookah ball, play some trap music, whatever. But that crunk shit, nigga, Bruh. like, the difference between playing a Versace by Migos is cool, mm. but play No Problems by Lil Scrappy and see what the fuck gonna happen on Lil Kick. Me, me to the third degree. I think it's gonna feel like that for us because, we like, bro, we was around for, like, the whole crunk shit, man. Like, we saw, we saw what crunk did to hip-hop. We saw the uh, we saw a little John and the East Side Boys, uh, homie over here drinking out the fucking uh, gas tank, man. We saw the super jerseys, these throwbacks that you ain't never fucking seen before, bro. And I remember the first time I saw David Banner, that nigga had a jersey on in the back of it said like four hundred and twenty seven. <laughs> I say, yo, why do I get my hands on one of these motherfuckers? I'm tired of wearing forty on the back of my jersey. Mm. Bro, we've seen the 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 B.I.B.I.s. We've seen the little John tell us, yo, tell the nigga next to us in the club that he a fuck nigga. <laughs> I love Crux so much, man. For real, for real. We've seen the Yin Yang Twins wilding out. The yeah. Yin Yang Twins was tell like, Tell the nigga next to you that he a fuck nigga. Right. Or uh, 3-6, like my favorite, one of my favorite intros in hip-hop. The beginning of uh, Scissor. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you bust-ass, clown-ass, fuck-ass motherfuckers. Fearing is uh, drinking, smoking, Motherfucker, get the fuck up out of the club with your nasty pussy ass. Yeah, you old UGK, nigga, we putting it down in this motherfucker. And we ain't playing with you. Now pull it up, nigga. Zipping on some scissors. Let me tell you something about Crunk. You a bitch. Don't think you've been to a mosh pit just because you've been to a couple of these shows. You ain't never seen a mosh pit until you had one, a, 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 a real Crunk mosh pit when everybody over there. You ain't even got to be a real one. You go to a fucking house party. Yeah, nigga. A house a party, kickback, function. Niggas really get carried the fuck out when our Crunk shit come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, think about just throwing bowls. You know how dangerous the elbow is. Oh my God. 
And everybody was dodging these balls, hey, dog. You, you want to know how you know uh, the elbow is dangerous? How? You know when you get hit with that one. Yeah, man. Come on, man. You, you, somebody can elbow you on the back and you know, yo, somebody just elbowed yeah, me. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you know elbow is dangerous. You know, throw them bowls, hey. Play, play get on my level. Throw them bowls, hey. Yo, Alexa, throw play get on my level. So next, shout out goes to Tyler, the creator. Mm-hmm. Last week was the Grammys. And to be honest, I really don't give a fuck about the Grammys. That's why we didn't say any, anything about it. Um, I got love for everybody who won. That's black. But you see, like they already. But like Grammys, I'm, I'm getting tired of. Like my thing, my thing about the Grammys is where it's very strange, right? Mm-hmm. Year after year, same thing with the Oscars. Everybody complains about how white it is, how many, how little we're represented, how little we're represented. Mm-hmm. Yet we're making the best content that everybody's copying. But we got we have the least amount of nominations. Did and you shit. see? But you seen that shit about Shorty who uh, got fired from there, um, and then she yeah, but she bullshitting herself because she over here talking about there was like sexual assault at the at because um, she was like the VP or yeah, vice yeah. or president. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All this shit that's going on, but she doesn't want to really blow the whistle. She wants her job back, and then she go blow the whistle. What kind of shit is that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's fuck shit. So I just feel like. But Grammys always, but Grammys always gave off you got to pay to play vibes, and uh, yeah, yeah, you got to pay to pay vibes anyway. A lot of shit looked like like if the record company had enough money to grease the right hands, certain people would win Grammys. Yeah, man, like it's just about ratings. They want mm-hmm. they want eyes to watch when they broadcast and all that kind of shit. That's why every year, every award show. It, every year it's a record low because nobody gives a fuck nobody about that shit. Nobody gives a fuck about that well, shit. Well, it's fucking annoying too because instead of putting everyone together where they're competing in the same category, like for best album or something, mm-hmm. it's always like best album, best Rap. urban, contemporary. Yeah. Uh, like It's always like a sub-genre of... Like when Frank Ocean won his, he didn't win it for like R&B. It was like best urban, contemporary yeah. R&B shit. Yeah. And it's... It, it's just... It's a kid's table. It's a kid's table, but it's also it's just like table. an easy way to be racist, inclusive. Inclusively racist. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I feel like all racism is inclusive. All inclusive racism? Yeah, I feel like all of it is the same shit. Yeah, come on, come here. Come here so we can be racist yeah. you too. Uh, but one thing I like about Tyler, so he won a Grammy for Rap Album of the Year for an album that's not rap. Mm-hmm. He didn't drop a rap album. Mm-mm. But... He went and looked up an old tweet that said, don't, Petty ass Pisces. don't be too excited, you won't get one. And Tyler replied nine years later saying, I favorited this nine years ago for the moment to tell you I got one. Yes, I'm petty as fuck. <laughs> but I thought you were going to call out the interview he did after, which is basically what I was just talking about, where he was like, I don't give a fuck about this because like I shouldn't have won for best rap album. Because it's bullshit. Like, yeah, he literally did an interview directly after and was just like, "This isn't. I should have been in another category." Because it's like you know. Oh, so, so calling out him being in a rap. rap yes, because he was like, "I didn't make a rap album," and he, he did it. Yeah, and he was just like, "There's. I mean, it's stupid that we have all these different categories so that I can't win against someone else." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just designed for certain kinds of people to win. You know what I mean? Certain kinds of people. Uh man, it's all bullshit. Um, if, I, if memory serves me correct, which it often does, there is a skit from Chappelle show where they was talking about the code switching. Mm-hmm. What'll say like spe- special interest means gay or homosexual. Mm-hmm. Urban means they just want to say nigga on on the news yes. and shit like that. Yep. So I mean, there you go. 
that Netscape from like 15 years ago. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I got to look up who came up with the term urban. <laughs> you know it's a wild ass racist person, dog. Exactly. It's uh, they, they they find the right words. These words that you don't like, um, unless you really peep it, you don't see the uh, the smack in the mouth that they. they what you think to. about it? You haven't said like what you think about. It? Yeah, I've been on fuck the Grammys after I seen how like after I seen like uh, niggas is really getting played ever since the uh, uh, Kendrick Lamar Michael Moore shit, which is I think is when I really started paying to the Grammys and then started seeing who's been winning all these Grammys. And who hasn't been winning Grammys and shit? I noticed like as a kid, man. I noticed as a kid when um, I kept seeing how many Grammys Eminem was winning. Yeah. And like, yeah. Like, he would come out, like, the first two albums are incredible. But Eminem show and Encore, I forgot which one won one over an incredible album. Mm-hmm. But you could tell they just gave it to him because it's a rap yeah. boy rapping. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, man, fuck all that shit. We're gonna we gonna keep it moving. Bring back the vibe awards. I said source awards shit. No, nah, source awards. We gotta we gotta we gotta we got uh baby steps. That's why I said vibe nah, awards. Fuck it, ain't no baby steps. Let's go full force. Baby steps don't get no real emotion. We're not trying to make progress in this shit. So let's uh let's progressively and aggressively go back to the source awards to throw chairs in this motherfucker. Next shout out, Lamar Jackson. Baltimore Ravens quarterback and Broward County's own Lamar Jackson won the 2019 MVP award by unanimous vote. Shout outs. Big shout outs. Look, you got a, another South Florida nigga out here wilding out, not falling to the temptations and really doing something big. Um, the NFL, dog, the, 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 like the crop of, of uh, talented quarterbacks we have. Yo, NFL is gonna be amazing for the next couple years, man. Next decade, at least. If everybody stay healthy, mm-hmm. if everybody stays healthy, there's a lot of talented people out there that's really out here making the game, um, uh, taking the game to new horizons or whatever. Yeah, last night was a good game for sure. Uh, it was a dope game. Next shout out goes to Nori, uh, Noriega from CNN, Queens' mm-hmm. own straight out of Left Rack City. I just wanted to just highlight his overall transition into podcasting because mm-hmm. uh, we we talk, we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. It made me realize like Drink Champs was the first podcast I've ever listened to, and that was it was either in the end of 2015 or early 2016, one of them. And you know, it's part of the reason why I'm even doing this shit to begin with. Because I remember I wanted to scramble the same thing. I wanted to scramble to hit a. Um, everybody was talking about the 50 Cent, uh, 50 Cent Drink Champs interview, and I wanted to hit a hype behind it, and mm-hmm. it was worth it. And that's what got me uh, stuck into the world of uh, urban podcasting. Urban podcasting. I also want to send a shout out to Tag Stone, Bodega Boys, the JBP, It's the Real, Dead and Hip Hop, R.O.P. and R.I.P. Combat Jack. These are the urban creators in this urban landscape of urban bo- uh, broadcasting. That is urban podcasting. It made me believe that if they could do it with their urban asses, my black ass could do some urban shit within this rap urban landscape. That is urban podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Next shout out goes to uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence Bad Boys 3 is number one At the box office for the third <clears throat> week in a row I'm just gonna say and this And these niggas have made 291 million dollars so far I'm just gonna say this right now Super Bowl Y'all dropped the ball last night 
in the middle of Shakira and J-Lo's amazing performance. Pitbull should have been piggybacking uh, Will Smith on his shoulders while doing a, uh, a Latin influence, getting jiggy with it, and really bring out the Miami vibes. Followed by Welcome to Miami. What? Will Smith should have been out there performing Welcome to Miami. I'm trying to figure out why is he on the shoulders of Pitbull. <laughs> Me? That's the Mr. That's 305. Why don't you just have him pull out a gun and start shooting in the, in the stands, too? That's what gunplay and Rick Ross is for. I honestly don't think gunplay is allowed at those kind of events. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all thou wild with you. It is very wild that these niggas have made almost $300 million. And I want to say that their budget was $80 or $90 million. That's wild. But so you know what that means? What that mean? They're probably going to turn this shit into like some Fast and Furious franchise type shit. That's what That's I would do, honestly. That would be dope. It would be dope. Um, especially you see they grooming up. Um, they're grooming new characters to continue the series. I wonder if they're gonna turn into some wild shit to the point like uh, uh, somehow these uh, Miami uh, police officers end up in space, stop an asteroid from hitting Earth or some shit like that. Like these Fast and Furious niggas is doing. These niggas started off as fucking, as fucking uh, racers, dog, and robbers, and somehow they become a special uh, U.S. task force out here. You seen the, the new Fast and Furious trailer? Wait, hold nah, on. I ain't catch what? it. Come on, Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. That new? They're making a new one, and that's it. Yeah, probably. I don't. Know, I haven't seen the trailer for nine yet. It is wild. F nine. Uh, new Fast and Furious trailer is so absurd. It's like you know the last one was like. Torpedo with like a on ice on ice with yeah. the sub subway yeah drifted a drifted a submarine. This one is way worse. Like it's way more over the top. See what I mean? And somehow, um, somehow, uh, uh, Vin Diesel, who is a man of color, mm-hmm. is an older brother to John Cena, who's a white man. Wait, wait, wait say that again. So you you seen John John, John Cena? Yeah, I know he's gonna be there. He's a little brother to Vin, Vin Diesel. Diesel. Oh my god, this is gonna be funny. Yo, please tell me they put Coros on uh, John Cena. Nah, he's hanging out long enough. And there's some other wild shit, like characters that were dead are coming back. Yeah, I heard Han was coming back. If if Han comes back in a wheelchair, a lot of. Uh, nah, now they keep it with a bag of chips, so it's popping. Okay. You know what I would do? If, so you know what I would do? Mm-hmm. At the end of the movie, you know you have your. um. Yeah, uh, after credit, mm-hmm. it'd be Han pulling up to like uh, 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 Manchester, uh, England, uh-huh. pulling up, standing in front of an elevator. Everybody's wondering what the fuck is he doing. Elevator op- opens up, you see Shaw. Shaw looks like shocked, and a Han spitting that nigga face yeah. for trying to kill him. Yeah, you remember me? Yeah, fuck nigga, or, speak- or kill him. Speaking of that, you notice that uh, like when we was coming up in the nineties, dog, like every group. Always was all inclusive. You know, you had to have the one Asian kid, the one black kid, one Spanish kid, and one wheelchair kid. What? What are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how Give me an example of what the fuck you just said. From every, uh, everything. From all the cartoons and shit. Yeah. Going up to little cartoons, you always had to have... Who was on a wheelchair? Name one character that was on a wheelchair. From, uh... I can't even think of anything off the top. There's I was always literally a, talking about this the other was day. Always the only thing out. I could think about was the, the Burger King kids. But, but there was always a cartoon. Like, there was always... If you had a group of kids, you always had to have the one kid in the wheelchair who was always smart as fuck. He was the smart one. He, he was always the smart one. He, yeah, he, yes. always, he always did anything with computers and shit like that. This is real. This is real, dog. Give me a character. So I can't think memory. of anything off the top. I do remember the Burger King, uh, the Burger King kids and shit like that. What about Asian? You said Asian. No, no I'm saying you always. Or sometimes I'll try to put the Asian kid as a wheelchair kid. But uh, 
Uh, like it was always a group. Like it was always you had the one black kid because you had you had to have. Oh yeah, you definitely have. You have the one black kid. At least three white. They kids. Usually have the Tom girl, the tomboy girl mm-hmm. in the situation. Mm-hmm. But the other shit, I have no idea. What you don't remember about. the the really smart wheelchair kid, dog? If you can jog my memory, like I, just, I can't remember. Anything or what, what show, or whatever. Like the only thing I can think about is Burger King. There was always a wheelchair kid, dog. <laughs> I gotta do my Googles. I honestly because I was thinking about this the other day and I remember being little and like always trying to make those groups in my head because there was a guy I went to school with who had a was like in a wheelchair and I was like, I bet he's really the, smart. The, uh Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle, I if that counts. <laughs> oh yeah, kind of. But like we're talking like cartoons and stuff, but like that was always something that I thought was so common. So I'm like, glad I it's not always, just there me. wasn't any nigga in the wheelchair in recess. There wasn't any nigga in the wheelchair. Uh, you sure there was nobody in the wheelchair in recess? No, not in recess. Can't possible. I wasn't a wheelchair nigga. No, but this is before that's like those two, times. That's like 2000s. Yeah, I'm we're talking, talking about, like about 90s, before. Like 90s, yeah. like when everybody, like when they try to make cartoons equal opportunity. Yeah. And they were still trying to figure shit out. Because I remember growing up thinking that was a thing that everyone did. Like that was the groups. Hmm. Maybe Cable was a little different in my hood. Uh, next shot goes to Lonnie Johnson, the creator of Super Soaker. He won a settlement for $79.2 million from Hasbro. Shout outs. Holy uh, shit. Yeah, in a, <clears throat> in a royalty dispute with the company, Atlanta-based company began uh, Super Soaker, the Super Soaker water gun and Nerf toy gun. Uh, yada, yada, yada. So basically, they try to snake, they try to snake him. Out of a fortune because the nigga made it, mm-hmm. and he finally got that get back. Oh yeah. As far as super soakers, man, I remember I was either eleven or twelve, and for Christmas I got a super soaker. I got the fifteen hundred, mm-hmm. and I was like, come spring break, you know, spring break, we spent the whole break at the community pool. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to literally try to kill somebody with a super soaker. <laughs> oh my god. That's how powerful I felt. You know the fifteen hundred, the big the, one. Yes. The big, the big boy, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, this ain't no fucking uh, 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 dollar store water gun. Ah, those are worse. You feel me? I got, yeah. I got me. A, I basically got me a chopper in my hand. Mm-hmm. I thought, so I'm over here day one busting ass, day two busting ass. I want to say probably like Wednesday, or Thursday, or spring break. I'm over here trying to drown kids, trying to <laughs> put the gutter diggers' mouths. <laughs> Suck on the barrel of this super soaker. My cousin Johnny came through with the three thousand. You know what? The, remember what the three thousand was? The mm-hmm. backpack. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold up. I'm gonna pull up pictures because I want to see this. As the backpack. Life, life mm-hmm. He came up with the soup, the big super soaker that had a, the holes. Connected that, to yeah, a backpack full of water. This nigga was looking like Rambo, <laughs> chasing niggas around the pool. And I'm over here like, yo, I still got full my tank. I never had a water gun growing up. Do your pops? Yeah, yeah, my pop, my pops and my uh, step pops. So funny. They ain't fuck with it. Yeah. yeah, that was a thing back in the nineties, like Haitians and one kids. Well, that's part of the reason I just remember I was hiding mine. Mm-hmm. Mommy didn't know I had a super soaker. Mm-hmm. I was terrorizing the block. I remember, uh, I remember, like, uh, like I was going to like some summer school or summer camp or some shit like that when I was with my pops. And these niggas literally had like a super soaker day or some shit like that. You know, we going to the pool, bringing water guns. I try to swing to my pops, and then my, I think it's the first time. Uh, I realized my pops was uh, going to hit me with some bullshit. I didn't know what bullshit was at the time. They could hit me with the whole talk or, uh, like, yo, we don't do guns in this family and shit like that. And I'm like, oh, man, I just want a little super soaker, dog. You want me to be the only kid there looking like a fucking lame? Not spray. How did that make you feel? Uh, 
at the time, I was like, yo, fuck this, man. I don't even want to go then. Well, I got to go to summer, uh, summer school if I if I can't. Uh, well, I, you got to go to summer school because I want to raise you. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking up my summer by your ass being here. Exactly. So you ask to go to summer school. Damn, Naomi, you going to give me my son for the whole summer? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's hot boy summer, right? It's 95. Trying to tee up. Uh, uh, moving on, I'm going to get into albums. Uh, Yo Gotti dropped Untrapped. Currency dropped Tonight Show with Currency. Sai Ari the Kid dropped It Was Unwritten. Cardo, Payroll, Giovanni, and Larry June dropped Game Related. Guilty Simpson dropped LSD. Closed Sessions dropped their new compilation, which is called Our Latest Compilation. Terrence Martin, shout out to the West Coast, dropped Sounds of Crenshaw and Jam Card. Luke James dropped To Be Loved. Key Glock dropped Yellow Tape. And Lil Wayne dropped Funeral. Like an EP or actual? Uh... The album. I'm assuming you ain't heard it if you ask me. Nah, I uh, you listen to anything? Mm-mm, I, haven't, I haven't peeped anything. Are you going to try to make an attempt to actually listen to music so we have something to discuss on the pod? Yeah, 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 of course. I just didn't know. When do you think you're going to start that? Uh, when I'm not working so much. All right. Well, I guess we'll move on since yeah. we have nothing to talk about. Uh, pre-gaming. How do you feel about the music drop? Well, I really can't say nothing since you, you have one Bad people are listening, bro. I'm not the only one with people. What you think was hot? It was good. Pre-gaming. Pre-gaming. Uh, Bird Talk. <laughs> Bird Talk Take One. Maya, 2000 Sweetheart. So earlier this week, I'm on 285, and I disconnected the Bluetooth by accident, right? Mm-hmm. And it went straight to the radio. And went on V103. And it started playing a Maya song called Case of the X. You mm-hmm. ever heard it before? Probably. I'm going to say the hook to you. Maybe it'll jog your memory. What you going to do when you can't say no? When the feelings start to show, boy, I really need to know. And how you going to act? How you going to handle that? What you going to do when she wants you back? Yeah, I remember. What the fuck kind of hook is that? <laughs> that shit sound like entrapment How do I respond to that? Because clearly you know something I don't know What you gonna do when you can't say no? Mm-hmm. What's still say no? <laughs> but when you can't What the fuck am I supposed to say to that? What are you gonna do when you can't say no to her? You're forcing me to say I'm gonna cheat on you yeah. Right or wrong yeah. What you gonna do when you can't say no When the feelings start to show Boy I really need to know And how you gonna act How you gonna handle that what you gonna do once she wants you back? I'm, I'm, I'm very confused. Is is, uh, is Maya telling me that I'm about to tweak with another shorty? No, she's asking you. Like, so basically, the scenario is you're with Maya. Uh-huh. Your ex is trying to get back at you, and she's asking me these questions. And Maya's asking you, "Hi, what you gonna do when you can't say no to her? the well, girl? The girl that you want that you lost? Why wouldn't I be able to say I'm with you? Why wouldn't I be able to say no to her? I don't, I don't get it." Nah, I don't get, like for real. Like, what type of question is that? Now nah, I think you're on some goofy shit. So you telling me that you telling me that you never been in a scenario where an ex that you really really wanted, if she were to come back to you or wanted to come back to you while you with another girl, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been an issue for you. No, nah, it wouldn't have. Not for me. If I'm in a relationship with a shorty, yeah. Nah. It wouldn't have. If I'm over here on my fuck shit and shorty come back, yeah. If I'm in, even in the pre-talking stage, for real, for real. But, like, if I'm, like, in a relationship... It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been even a thought. Nah, not, I'm like, nah, fuck that. That sounds like a fucking lie. That's the truth, because, like... There's no... There's no... There's no... Out of all the niggas I know, mm-hmm. 
So you mean to tell I can't, me? But I'm thinking, I you, te- you mean to tell me? Mm-hmm. You telling me uh-huh. that an ex that 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 you want uh-huh. more than life itself? And she hits me up while I'm in a relationship. Yeah, nah, because I've been in situations like that. While I'm in a relationship with somebody else, after Shorty dubbed me, it doesn't have to be she dubbed you. He just broke up with her. I broke up with her, but I want her back. And then I'm with uh, a shorty per se. And then she asks me a question about this ex. Fuck that. Why you? At? First of all, what you know? What's some <laughs> this is all right. Like, what you mean? What you think, Shay? I don't like it. That scares me. That's creepy. That's very scary. How you gonna yeah. tell me I can't say no? Hey, what you like for real? For that's what I'm trying to figure out. Now I'm shook. I'm stressing that's out. That's like, paranoid. Yeah, for mm. real. I don't need that. I don't need that stress. But at the same time, it is rooted in truth. Cause I could think of, I could think of me being this scenario, a particular girl that it would, I'm gonna say I would cheat or I would do it, but yeah, like especially me younger, mm-hmm. if I find a shorty hit me like yo, I'm trying to get shit rocking again, like on some like on some real shit, I'm like yo, what the fuck now? No, nah, I, I, I just I like. So you just immune to temptation? No, I'm not immune to temptation. But he like, is a shepherd. He's guiding us. Of course, he's exactly. guiding us from temptation. He's, no, yeah, yeah at the I'm top of the detemptation mountain. I'm saying, but not like for real. If I'm in a relationship, obviously I decided. Like I'm thinking about me. Like me being in a relationship is a big deal because like commitment and shit. Like so, I'm not skating just because Shorty is coming back. The fact that I even took like this uh this step into be with somebody. And you think, see, that shit get me tight. Like, yo, like, I'm with you, man. And you over here questioning me about moving. I ain't even do nothing. And now you ask me questions about my ex. But you have a history of doing shit. I have a history of doing shit when I'm single. <laughs> a history is a history, my nigga. Nah, there's two separate histories, dog. The temptation goes away is what he's saying. Yeah, because I got you. Like, like yeah. it's not like, and I'm, I'm saying, like, yo, you mine, I'm yours, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Um, the commitment issues don't interject or interfere if, with that at all. If I make, um, if I really make the conscious effort to be with somebody, like I'm not gonna have to. I don't. The way I am already, like I already know I am. So if I make the conscious effort to be with somebody, I'm not even gonna be in a position where my ex can reach me because I cut it out and I kick all the holes away. That's very commendable, dog. You are one of one. That's it. Don't me. Take two, uh, Javante Davis. For those who don't know, he is a lightweight world champion boxer standing at 5'5 with a record of 23 and 0, 22 knockouts. Mm-hmm. So, recently over the weekend at a charity basketball game in Miami, a video popped up of him grabbing his baby mama by the throat and forcing her to walk away from public sight, presumably, presumably to beat her ass. Cool. So, thoughts on that? Yeah, Javante, you know too much, bro. You can't be. Let me just show the video. I, I gotta yeah. pick the video. Let me see the the visuals. Oh no, ma'am! And he doesn't even let go. He just keeps going. <laughs> Hold up, wait. I'm gonna do it one more time, real quick. Grab about the yanks her up. Pulls her down. No, leads her. Hand on throat. Sorry. <laughs> Yo, I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing at the bystanders. What would you even do if you saw that? I would. So I would lose that, my fucking that's, shit. That's dude. what I. That's why I post y'all. What should have been done? 
someone should have interjected. Yeah. I mean, I saw the people yeah. like around. Someone should have interjected. I mean, I know. I mean, honestly, I was thinking about it. I would interject just for the fact I'm gonna get like he gonna get sued. I think yeah. he, he beats a dog shit out of me. Yeah. Because that nigga five five, but twenty three and zero done to sneeze yeah, at me. Twenty three and zero for. And then you have reason. all those witnesses. Everyone's recording, but like, that's crazy. Who has the balls to do that? Yeah. Who? That Don't is well. like, You have the balls to stand up to this nigga. Who has the balls to grab someone like like most people? Abusive niggas. I know, but I. It's just like people who are abusive. I always think that they try to hide it more. Like every time. Mm. I see shit like that. I'm just like, what is, what makes you think that you can just behave that way? It does not make sense. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what got him so tight that he said, fuck all the cameras. It's baby mama. It's a baby mama. <laughs> what more do you need to be said? Niggas act crazy with the baby mamas all the fucking time. Yeah, that's, that's That ridiculous. is like. That's what would you do? Uh, if homie did it in front of me. Yeah. Hey, bro, chill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> Nah, because I um I don't know homie, so I could see myself trying to be a superhero, and then and then watching me get whopped. Trying to say no, I don't know. Like this is a charity basketball game, so you know that. But I don't know homie. Like I I don't know who Javante Davis is. Uh, oh, before okay. the concert, you never seen a fight. Nah, I've never seen a fight. That's what I'm saying. So I could see myself like, hey, bro, what the fuck is you doing, dog? That's a that's a woman. Like, yo, get your hands off shorty, and then me pushing homie at this moment. Yeah, this Bra- motherfucker. Brad's all the world realized yeah. he done got fucked up. That nigga gonna hit your, your kidney so hard a few times. This shit is gonna rupture. Yes. As, as I throw up these uh, charity basketball game nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your earbuds come out your shit and bleeding already. Oh like, my god. Fuck? If, if, you ever see they get pushed so hard as his contacts fly out? Oh my god. <laughs> I'll keep it real. Like, I, would, I wouldn't intervene, mm-hmm. but it'd be. Partly for selfish reasons. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, obviously to help Shorty because you know no woman should be treated like that in private or publicly. But if you know who he is and you know you're gonna get your ass beat, you can be a little bit selfish. You know what I mean? I'm gonna be very selfish. Like, he's gonna beat the shit out of me. Oh, for sure. But you still did something good. We so gotta you jump deserve, this nigga. You deserve like a little minute. treat. Give me that check. Treat. Yeah, we gotta jump yeah, this bro. nigga. When you see me roll into that uh, courtroom with that neck brace and a wheelchair, mm. and, and I'm gonna figure out how to like. You know how people be rupturing the the um, corneas and shit. Oh, I'm gonna get all that, all kind of. Uh, oh my god! I'm coming in like a fucked up. You gonna see me with the blind person walking stick in a wheelchair? <laughs> and I'm gonna have a a C and I motorized motorized drunk. <laughs> motorized drunk. What an emotional support animal. I take three. Uh, legendary Southern rapper Pastor Troy. <laughs> he recently put a, up a uh, IG post in response of Lil Nas X at the Grammys. Mm-hmm. You saw what he was wearing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey, stop it. Uh, Pastor Troy said, well, I won't be winning the Grammy if that's what I got to wear. They love pushing this shit on our kids. The other day at Applebee's. Uh... The other day at Applebee's had some punks kissing and laughing, eating mozzarella sticks. First thing my 14-year-old son said was, fuck Applebee's. And it brought joy to my heart. He sees it, the agenda to take masculinity from men, black men especially. Some say he's making money. RuPaul, uh, RuPaul do too, but I ain't buying his CD. Oh, this nigga could read for the Running Trust podcast with this <laughs> bullshit. Uh, 
Integrity is priceless. Y'all better open up that third. <coughs> oh, okay, never mind. Y'all better open up that third eye, brothers, and let y'all know, let y'all sons know what the real deal is. Or they ass gonna be down that old town road for real. Hashtag, they gonna ride till they can't no more. Hashtag, black owned and independent. Hashtag, not my sons. Hashtag, it ain't worth it. <laughs> Thoughts? Imagine being that. Yeah, mozzarella! You, you freak out about two men and mozzarella. Mozzarella sticks. Two men and mozzarella sticks. I'll be goddamn. I could really see Master Trey treating this, and then as soon as he got to the old Tyrone line, just cracking himself up. <laughs> like, this is really going. This is yeah, the I, saw, I, saw, uh, <laughs> I saw Mariah Miller tweet last night. Mm hmm. Yo, I bet, uh, uh, he said, uh, Pastor Troy probably turned off the Super Bowl seeing that commercial. Yeah, uh, Lil Nas and, um, uh, what's his, uh, Sam Elliott dance off. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on what he said, man? Nah, it's just the old head tweeting old head shit. Um, ain't not, it's a, I think it's a generational mindset. It's a generational mindset thing. Ain't nothing I ain't gonna, ain't nothing I can say to Pastor Troy to make him think, uh, think different. He sees it, he sees it as a, an attack on, on masculinity, do you I believe that? Do you believe that there's a there's a there is a, a there is an agenda to demasculate the black man? I don't think so. Since like, I don't think uh, I don't think so for real, for real. Because I think so, but not with this. You know, I don't, I, don't. I, I I honestly do think that there is an agenda, specifically the government and the law system to demasculate the black man, but it has nothing to do with. Because they're saying... No, yeah, nothing to do with Lil Nas X and wearing buckles and chains or whatever because... No, but go back to that. Is it because... You... Keep going. So, look at situations where, specifically, right before we were born, going in the 80s, look at the laws between the time you get for getting caught with crack cocaine mm -hmm. or getting caught with cocaine and getting caught with crack. Mm -hmm. Right? And, they, and they're just doing these kind of situations to make sure you're on the board as a convict. Mm -hmm. And then all these uh, companies mysteriously are uh, very hard on hiring convicts. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Our black men, our fathers and whatever, got to be janitors. They got to do all these low-level, high-maintenance, um, not high-maintenance, but high-labor jobs. Mm -hmm. Instead of being, um, being in boardrooms and corporate mm -hmm. situations because of what reason? Because if they have a voice and they're able to bring that in, right. then certain people... The easiest way to demasculate mm -hmm. the black man is to take power away from him. Yeah. How powerful can a nigga feel being a janitor? Yeah, exactly. It had nothing to do with nigga wearing a, a thong and lace. See, that's where I thought you were yeah. going, but that's why I was like, I wanted you to keep going. Nah, that's it, why I yeah, it had nothing to do with a nigga wearing. A nigga gonna wear... If you ever been to a Jamaican... Uh, dance song, mm -hmm. what a nigga wear, what he does, it ain't got nothing but to do with it. I'm just also like, what does what this person's doing affect, like, how does that make, affect you to where you're in the same It's insecurity, know? clearly. Mm -hmm. uh, we live in Atlanta, and he's from Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I do like, I do like the fact that <coughs> Pastor Troy thinks the only reason he hasn't won a Grammy is because he hasn't kissed a man, <laughs> some shit like that, eat mozzarella sticks on another nigga. Yeah, at the end of the day, what Lil Nas X wore is not that different from what Prince would wear. Mm. And Prince is and was capable of fucking each and every one of our mamas. Amen. 1,000%. And, uh, man, it's stupid, bro. Like me, I'm not homophobic at all. But two niggas kissing is gross to me. But it's gross in the same way, like watching my mother make out, or watching my sister make out is gross. Mm -hmm. It's unappealing. And that's it. It doesn't make me homophobic. He says, I don't want to see that shit. Mm -hmm. 
Like, you don't tie it to, like, sexual things. It's not like a... Yeah, it's not like, yeah. oh, I hate you because you're gay. It's like, bro, I ain't trying to see that shit. Yeah. So, there has to be a separation between... Hey, nigga, this ain't a calling card. Chill out. There has to be a separation between, okay, you just don't want to subscribe to homosexuality and you saying some shit like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah. As far as these mozzarella steaks, though, what y'all think about that? <laughs> That's funny, man. The fattest thing mozzarella. Mozzarella sticks at an Applebee's. You motherfuckers kissing and laughing and having fun. You mozzarella sticks. Applebee's. <laughs> mozzarella sticks. <laughs> what the fuck? That's what got them tight. And, and if you really want to talk about the black community, I feel like there's a situation that's happening in the black community that's rarely ever being touched on, and I feel like needs to be highlighted. Uh-huh. The real problem within our community is all these street niggas snatching up all these suburban black girls, turning them into single mothers. Ain't nobody want to talk about that. Yeah, that's a that's a real problem that's going on in the hood. You feel me? That's I cool. want a suburban bitch too. Mm-hmm. I won't be frightened all these hood rats for the rest of my life. How the fuck am I supposed to do that? A real life situation. How the fuck am I supposed to do that when you got a little cutthroat out of the murder on my mind clique mm-hmm. who's over here camping out at Spelman College and get his clutches on shorty I've been eyeing in 2014 and she stayed in like Powder Springs or some shit. Yeah, and now she's a single mother. Hood niggas. It's crazy for uh, uh, one uh, detrimental flaw about a hood nigga. He hated when a shorty move on. We'll say move on, but got high as pregnant and now she got a kid. And, and that should be the end of it. That yeah. should, it should end with you. And then when shorty start talking to somebody else, homie who ain't who ain't been present. What I'm saying is an epidemic between these street these street niggas getting all these shorties pregnant and then moving on yeah. and then that's it. That's it. Let me uh, find me a little suburban queen. Who's uh who, who has a hood niggas jet and see where that go? Would you be would you be a stepfather? I play the stepfather. I, I wear a lot of hats. I put on the stepdad hat. See how it fit. Preferably a flat brim. And then what? Mm. What if it doesn't fit? I'm out. Are you willing to guide somebody else's child? Bro, I'm, guidance is universal, dog. It's one of the universal precepts. <laughs> uh, some things came up with Nas and Khalees. They made some noise about some like them getting drugged in contracts or whatever. Um, I do want to talk about it, but I want to wait a few weeks because I have some guests in mind for that. So we're gonna put a thumb in that part. Uh, well, one thing, one last thing we can end with. <laughs> this shit made me laugh. Police are seeking a white man who robbed a bank while wearing blackface. Niggas is getting wilder and wilder. In Perryville, Maryland, a white boy walked into a PNC bank. And a white parka and like a burgundy scully. Mm-hmm. He robbed that motherfucker while wearing black, like blackface. What gave it away? Was it the super bright red lips? He didn't do that part. He just did the uh, the paint. And uh, he thought this genius idea of implicating a black man instead of his goofy ass was going to get him somewhere. The police described the suspect as a white male with paint on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, like it was like five years ago. Um, that white dude who was going around robbing banks, same same thing, but he had one of those hyper realistic masks, so it looked like Young Jeezy was going around <laughs> from bank to bank holding them up, like them those super hyper realistic masks to move with your mouth and all that shit, and wrinkles and shit like that. I figure in the honor of Black History Month, I think Twelve should do to him what he do to us: mm-hmm. beat that nigga to death, <laughs> or catch him and when he's ready to surrender, puts his hands up in the air, shoot him, shoot him dead. Yeah, in the back. Yeah, or in the back when he's trying to run away unarmed. Cute.
equal, equal opportunity. Give him the full experience of being a black man. When you when you wash off that black face, you always forget to get the chin, dog. So don't forget to lift up under your chin and scrub under there. Stupid ass nigga. Transition. We're in the meat potato time. Nigga, where's the meat? Meat and potatoes. Um, better in tune with the infinite by Jay Electronica. This song means a lot to me. This song has got me through a lot of rough shit. I remember when the song. I remember the night that song came out and listened to it and like, yo, being so gassed because if the album sounds anything like this, it's going to be one of the greatest albums of our generation. Mm-hmm. And it's been, what, five, six years and we ain't heard a lick, hair, mm-hmm. no hide of an album. But um, listen to the song and originally I was going to have the topic be something else, but with Kobe dying and... Um, other revelations in my life, I figure, you know, we've talked about depression, we've talked about heartbreak, we've talked about the aftermath of heartbreak, we talk about losing the juice again and back. I think it's time we start talking about healing. You know, as a black man, healing is the most difficult process I've ever had to complete. Like, we're our generation, like, we're told to fight through the pain, thug it out, don't let them see you sweat to be a soldier, but nobody ever told us how to heal once the war is done type of shit. I think that's well put, for sure. Because I think a lot of people don't think about the aftermath. I don't think niggas is actually pursuing to be healed. Try just to get to the end of a situation and move on from there. In the black community, we have two ways of healing. Church and partying. Yeah. We're going to pray about some shit, and that night we're going to be smoking and drinking. Yeah. And that's really it. That's as far as it goes, as far as like any, any healing, quote-unquote. I know for a fact, um, I've been in situations where I'm like, the homie is going through it. Let me go get a, uh, let me go get a, a little bit of blood. Let me go get a little bottle and kick it with the homie. I and hope you guys don't process. talk about it. You just, you're nah, there. Yeah, you're just there. You're just there. And then you yeah. wake up the, you wake up the next day, and, you're, and then you're sober, and you're like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like shit. Let me do this. Let me, yeah. Let me, I feel worse. Let me do the same shit I did last night. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then carry that cycle on. Yep. Um, I spoke with a few friends, male and female, to get more perspective. I want to make sure that, and a major reason why I want Shady to be here to just to keep a balance between masculine, fem, uh, masculine and feminine energy. And two, two of the people I spoke with gave me some insight mm-hmm. on this healing shit. Right. So, um, I talked to Reezy and Sumo, and Reezy said that she has trouble with healing because she's obsessive. Obsessive in a way, she'll let the thoughts eat away at her. Mm-hmm. She will. Uh, she tends to fantasize about the occurrence and think of um, other outcomes. And then you it. spend more time stressing out about something that hasn't happened, right. or freaking out about all of these things that you've made up in your head that you it, it, you get really sucked into that. Right. She gets stuck in a fantasy mm-hmm. of what happened to her, why it happened to her. Yep. And doesn't try to find a resolution. And so I said, okay, so how do you find healing and resolution? She was like, well, either time has to pass or something else has to occur to take that place in her mind. And I asked her, like, so, okay, so how long do I usually take? She's like, oh, it's like a year. And I'm like, yo, that, that's, that's crazy. And then she asked me, <coughs> and then she asked me my process of healing. And then I guess, I don't know if it was like epiphany for her, but I guess she was like really thinking about like how destructive it is and that thought process for her. Yeah, because you're taking a trauma and replacing it with another trauma. So the original trauma never goes away. It just adds to the new trauma. Well, in her mind it goes away because she's, no, not, exactly. thinking about it. she's not thinking about it yeah. anymore. So there's no real healing. But there's a new way. It's like 
to truly heal, you have to take the obsession and the compulsion and channel it somewhere else. Right. And then the flip side, Sumo was saying that when something happens to her, she'll embrace the emotions instead of trying to... Like, she specifically said this, which I was impressed with. She said she'll embrace the emotions instead of going to go party and bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, she will isolate herself, live in those moments and emotions, cut out all the extra noise to be able to process those emotions, and then that's how she heals. So the 30 to 40 minutes a day to process your day in kindergarten is a bad idea? Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did say that, huh? Uh, I do think a lot of men and women in our generation, they refuse to heal because they think they are defined by their trauma. Mm-hmm. And I see it all day on social media, motherfuckers, all these... Trigger warnings and trigger this and trigger that, which I understand. Like there are sensitive topics in this world, but there are people that only chime in when it's related to something that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like they're disposed. Like, um, you know, I hate to say it, but like when it comes to like molestation or rape, right, or domestic violence, mm-hmm. just because it happened to you doesn't make you the spokesperson for that. Mm-hmm. Because you're not making any attempt to heal from it. You're just yeah. still living in that pain. And everything you say is rooted in your pain for what happened to it. Mm-hmm. And because it happened to you, whoever the allegations are for, your anger goes to that person. Yeah. Which I think is super fucked up, but that's part of why people, I feel like they refuse to heal because, okay, if I heal from the situation, I'm taking part of my identity away. That's what I was just about to say. A lot of people will, like, to cope, they'll just invest themselves in this thing that they think is their identity but it's they like they become an advocate for it yeah exactly right. and it's like that's not all of what you are or all of this experience so for sure I think a lot of people don't want to get rid of that so I think before we get into the lyrics and breaking that down I'll ask y'all what does healing mean to you you want to go first me go ahead boo uh, so a lot of last year was me kind of like learning the best way for me to do stuff like that. And I think going into this year, it's mostly been watching my patterns. You know what I mean? Because I'll go through cycles, you know, and I've kind of learned that healing is not something that is linear for me. I always think that when I'm through it, I'm through it, you know, but it's not like that. It can come back up. And then I give my space or I give myself space to feel what I'm feeling. I'll kind of like isolate myself and just really take the time to like, where is this coming from? Where is this specific emotion coming from? So that I'm not being as reactive. So healing for me is learning to process and not be so reactive versus just reacting on how I'm feeling and needing to get instant gratification for like that impulse of emotion that'll pass or and I've noticed that with me doing that, I'm not staying in these depressive holes for like three to six months. It'll be like I'll be manic for about two weeks and then I'll shoot back down for two to three days. And like I said, trampoline, you know, and bounce right back up. But that was like a really big thing. And like the healing process for me was because I have the same thing where my brain will obsessively think about all of these things that could possibly happen especially and it's a reflection of the trauma that I'd been through Mm. and I was like I can't keep focusing on stuff that hasn't happened because like life has shown me plenty of times I don't know what's gonna happen so it's very limiting to just stay there you know what I mean I feel you yeah how about you black man Uh, how do you get to your shit 
No, let me rephrase, mm-hmm. not get through your shit. What are your thoughts on healing? To me, to me, healing is getting your power back, for real, from a certain situation, for real, for real. Healing is when you can hear something or have something, had to, you can hear something or deal with something, and it doesn't hurt you no more. Like, I'm not much of a healer. I'm more of a number. You feel me? I don't like dealing with a lot of shit. And I'd rather just, uh, I'd rather be numb to it. For real, for real. So I'll deal with something until that shit just becomes dead to me. But you kind of conflict yourself there because you said you numbed yourself. Mm -hmm. And you don't feel it. But Mm -hmm. then you say you give yourself room to feel it. So do you numb yourself until you're ready to feel it? And nah, then you feel it? I just numb myself of the situation completely. Like, I deal with it until it doesn't bother me no more. Or at least I perceive it doesn't bother me. I can see where you're going with that. Mm. Like, uh, like Sumo was saying, um, I isolate myself, but I don't isolate myself a point to deal with my problems. Mm-hmm. I isolate myself to a point to feel my problems. You feel, you feel me? Because you're not doing that in front of anybody or around anybody. Yeah, nah. So you don't yeah. do it, you don't do it with, you're not doing it trying to heal. Nah, I'm doing it to the point like, because, uh, I don't like, I don't like letting people in situations tell me how I should feel about, mm-hmm. about things for real, for real. And I only allow myself to feel a certain amount of emotions anyway. Exactly. So like, and having someone tell you you need to feel this way, you're like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. Like I feel this. Like, so that's why that's why I prescribe to the Wallows form of therapy, where yeah. I just sit, I just sit with myself and deal with this pain for a little bit mm-hmm. until I be like, you know what, I'm cool. Fuck yeah. it. So healing isn't necessary to you. I wouldn't say it's not necessary. I'm sorry, I'm speaking yeah. for you. It's just like. You explaining that makes a lot of sense because people who don't deal with emotions well have a hard time healing, but I think a really important part of healing is giving yourself the space to do it, even if you are not feeling things. You know what I mean? Well, because, well, what's your answer to that? Do you feel like you're better off? Uh, so far, so, like I'm not going to say... Um, healing is not necessary for you. I don't know because I've never actually tried I, I just felt like my methods always work. You think be you're better person. off without healing? I never thought about it for a more of a, like like I said I I dealt with it. Think about it. Think about it. I don't know. Like I would have to. I've never really thought about the concept of healing. Emotions fully. I don't know. I'm never like I'm more of a you know. Oh, I'm at my limit and let me let me wild out. Let me lose it and then okay. I've never really tried to like you know what me today is the day. Yeah, but what do you, do you think? There's what do you, what's gonna happen if someone like peels back all those layers and what do you think is gonna be found under there? So reason I ask like you deal with your like panic attacks and anxiety and shit mm-hmm. is that getting better or worse? Uh, like having them yeah. or what you mean? Or like intensity or whatever? I haven't had one in a minute. Thank God. Um, uh, but when you get a little bit more stress in your life. Do mm. they happen more often? Like whenever you're it's really not like, got the pressure. Uh, the thing, the panic attack is not a constant thing. It's more of an impact thing. It's not like like I stay having constant panic attacks for real, for real. But when I have them, it's like 
the way I look at it is I wish I wish I could have a panic attack for every L I took. So mm-hmm. it'd be just a little panic attack. Yeah. Instead of me dealing with an L and be like, okay, yada yada yada. And yeah. then next thing I know, I'm driving home from work or some shit like that, six in the morning and then I just get smacked with a wave of emotions and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Not not now. <laughs> uh, uh to answer your question though, um I'm I do not I really don't know I don't know if I'm better. Uh, I'm better this way. I just know, like, I haven't hurt myself or hurt anybody around me by lashing out or anything like that. So, uh, not better, but I'm well, going to say uh, it's... So, when I'm asking, when I say better off, I'm talking about you specifically, not your impact on other people's lives. Like, you as a person. Uh, I'm good. Why are you good? Like, like how are you good? You're not you're good because you're not feeling those emotions in this moment. Yeah, I'm functioning. So you're functioning. Yeah, but that yeah. doesn't make you good though. That's what I'm leading towards. Until I get to a point where I can't function. What is what does functioning mean to you? Like I I do everything I I, I do everything I need to do. Like I'm not debil- the debilitated whether emotionally like. Are you excelling? I'm not gonna say I'm excelling, but I definitely could say. Uh, I know how to, like, I know what I need to do, stuff like that, and I'm laying down the groundwork for me to excel. The reason I ask, because um, it just popped in my mind, like, speaking from experience, cause when you were saying that um, you're not a good person, you're not, you're not a kind of person that's good with dealing with emotion, and that's exactly the kind of person I was, I, like, between 16 and, like, 22, I handled my emotions in the most destructive ways, mm-hmm. right? But my thing was I wouldn't uh, isolate myself to do my emotions. Mm-hmm. I had, like, my emotions would be amongst the people around me. I was going to say, how did your emotions come out you that know, you weren't dealing with? What happened? Was very destructive, mm-hmm. very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do things and put ourselves, put myself in other people in situations um, to distract myself from what I'm feeling because mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with it. I would try to numb myself. Mm-hmm. If I if something else is going on or whatever, if chaos is happening, then I can't think about yada, yada, yada. Right? Exactly. And, you know, I would say I'm good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good because I'm functioning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leading a crew of people, of creatives, all young as fuck. I'm doing this and that. So obviously I'm functioning. Mm-hmm. But I can't be left to myself. I can't be left alone with my own thoughts mm-hmm. because it's too painful. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was asking, like, how well are you functioning? And I damn sure wasn't excelling because regardless of how good I thought I was doing, I was at a limit because I couldn't go. I couldn't reach any higher. You can't higher. go over that hump. I can't get over the hump. Like, it's a huge obstacle on my way. Mm-hmm. And then that turned into the way I got out of that. I want to say around 22, 23 like what Sumo was saying, that's that's the approach I started doing. Started to isolate myself, cutting the fat from my life, listening mm-hmm. to the noise, or mm-hmm. cutting the noise and listening to myself, mm-hmm. understand why I feel these ways about certain things because one thing I know about myself that everything's connected. Mm-hmm. And once, like, all right, so I'll put it this way. My process of isolation, especially at that time, I had to isolate myself for a long time because I had so much trauma I had to jump over. Mm-hmm. Between my childhood, getting kicked out of school, 
my father dying, heartbreak, and all these happen consecutively, mm-hmm. right? I had to figure out, okay, why does this hurt me? Why do certain things that certain people say set me off? Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like I need to go into a shell of myself or put myself in an environment to feel better? You feel me? Why cannot? Why don't I feel comfortable in certain situations? Mm-hmm. All these are like handicaps. Yeah. And I also asking you about being functional. Like, it's hard to function when I. It's hard to function when I know there's something that could fuck on my mood. Mm-hmm. Like today, today and right now, there's nothing that could fuck me up. Yeah. I have no worries or triggers or. And anything. even diving into the stuff that could be a trigger, yeah. like it's not. I ain't 1, gotta, I, I wake up and go to sleep feeling good as fuck because mm-hmm. I don't have a cloud over my head. I have no chip on my shoulder. I have no unresolved issues from my childhood, uh, adolescence, coming out of high school, college, heartbreak, all that shit is literally water under the bridge. I will never forget the day you texted me like two, I want to say two years ago, maybe uh-huh. three, and you said, I am finally at peace. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, that was literally, like, it was, like, earlier in the day, and I was just, like, hearing you talk about that and all the stuff that, like, to reach it, like, that was honestly, like, what gave me a lot of inspiration to really, like, dissect myself in a different way than I was. Instead of being, like, the obsessive, neurotic, every detail that I do is wrong, Mm -hmm. it was, like, that energy is directed somewhere else, and I'm figuring out... Why do I automatically go to I'm wrong, I'm stupid? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all these all these negative shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, and then slowly, whenever you veer off a little bit on this trail, like other things follow, and you don't even realize until you take that first step. And it makes it easier to um, to process shit now mm-hmm. because I remember before I used to think like, yo, I'm never gonna get over this. Yeah. I'm never gonna. Um, um, get over like this hump or like all oh, this. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never, I'm never. And then once you're able to heal from something, there's hope there. Yeah. Like when I was, if you would have told me at 19, I would feel the way about my father I do now at 29. Mm-hmm. I'm like, get the fuck out of my fucking face. At 19, when the, when I was at the funeral, I wanted to punch this nigga in his casket. <laughs> that's how angry I was. Yeah. You know how to struggle? That's, that's, to some people, to most people, that's like the wildest thing anybody can say, mm-hmm. and people think I'm uh, like, like that's a joke, but that's real. Like that's yeah. a real emotion. Yeah, I didn't even cry when I found out he died. The only reason I let out any emotion is when I was at the funeral, and I was with my sister, and I saw mm-hmm. how she was feeling. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And then having to heal from that's just one example of um, a situation like having to heal and my. I guess my um, reaction to the pain is anger. Yeah. Now it's always my um, my defense mechanism and shit. Yeah. Instead of getting defensive, like, all right, well, I'm going to warn you. to get angry and... I'm going to warn you, and then yeah. whatever happens after that, come after that. And then, um, you know, it's a process. Not, it doesn't. It's not easy, but it's a process of trying to figure out how to come out of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um and part of the reason why I feel like it's very vital for the, for this podcast, because like healing is the only way to be in a better person. Mm-hmm. Because so remember, like 
I ain't gonna say who it is, but we're talking about a certain nigga that we've known for years, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing the trend between niggas. As time goes on, we see like certain niggas, they're stuck in periods of time. Mm-hmm. Some niggas might be stuck in 2010. Niggas are stuck in 2013. Niggas are still tucking, stuck in 2008. Yeah, it's because they never healed. Yeah, they never took any. They never took any. Um, they never took any effort in trying to heal from whatever they got going on, and they stuck in a mindset and a time frame that they feel most comfortable is, mm-hmm. because in their mind, that's why function the best. Yeah. So, like, we pushing 30, nigga, why are you still acting like you're 21? Yeah. You still dress like you told, you're 21. All your thought, you're like, you mm-hmm. are crippling your growth because, you know, you're refusing to grow up. Yeah. And then um, I got a homeboy that as soon as anybody mentioned that he's immature or he does childish shit or he doesn't know um, time and place for shit, he gets defensive. And so my nigga, like, how you going to be mad at anybody from... How you acting? Yeah. People only react to what you give us. Exactly. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But and then his defense mechanism to that is, well, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I'm multi-talented. I can do all this shit. Mm-hmm. So like, my nigga, that has nothing to do with. Yeah. You're still a child mentally. Mm-hmm. And this nigga is over thirty. That is such a waste of potential. And that's what makes me so sad is people don't realize how much it sets you back. Because I think it's it's so easy to think that you're going to be stuck in that forever and that you're never going to be productive again. But when you come out of it, like you come out of it feeling like you just took a long, hot bath, you're <laughs> relaxed, and everything is good. And it's like you can do anything after, but you have to just... Be able to deal with the stitches, put the band-aid on, rip it off, whatever. Just go through that, and then it's fine. Every time you've ever gotten hurt in your life, it's always this short moment. Like, when I broke my arm when I was little, mm-hmm. it's like going through it, I was like, damn, like, this sucks. I'm going to be broken on forever. I was like, eight. It's a huge inconvenience for the next six months. Because I remember when I broke exactly. my hand, it's like, bro, I don't want to deal with this for the next couple months. And then you adjust. And that's the thing about humans is we adjust. You People adjust don't to the injury. You literally do. You adjust to anything. And before you know it, that bitch come off and then it's back to regular schedule program. Exactly. And that's what that's yeah. <clears throat> I um I wanna let me go through this verse. Uh, a beautiful verse. It's frustrating when you just can't express yourself and it's hard to trust enough to undress yourself, to stand exposed and naked in a world full of hatred when the sick thoughts of mankind control all that's sacred. I pause, take a step back, record all the setbacks, fast forward towards the stars in a jetpack. My feet might fail me. My heart might ail me. The synagogues of Satan might accuse or jail me. Strip crown nail me. Brimstone hail me. They might defeat the flesh, but they could never, never ever kill me. me. They might feel the music, but can never, ever feel me. me. To the lawyers, to the sheriffs, to the judges, to the to dead the holders. To the lawmakers, fuck you, sue me, bill me. That name on that birth certificate, that ain't the real me. The lies can't conceal me. The sunrise and the moon tides and the sky's gonna reveal me. My brain pours water out my tear ducts to, to heal, heal me. me. My Lord's too, too beneficent. beneficent. You wanna do it? I'm just ad libbing, bro. You got my back. The music, the message grabs a hold of every ear, gets whispering in. The waters and the bodies and the, no, the waters and the bodies and the. 
the waters and the bayous of New Orleans are still glistening. The, the universe is listening. Be careful what you're saying. It. My grandma told me every bed a nigga make he lay in it. The church you go to pray in it. The workers on the outside. The staring out the windows is for love songs and houseflies. <sighs> Damn. So I figure the first segment we could discuss. It's frustrating when you just can't express yourself. And it's hard to trust enough to undress yourself. To stand exposed and naked in a world full of hatred. Where the sick thoughts of mankind control all that sacred. It's hard to be vulnerable in this world. Nobody really wants to do it. And it's hard doing it around other people. And I think that makes it a big reason why you don't want to do it around just, like by yourself or do with it at all. A lot of people, like I feel like, feel really misunderstood. Like a lot more people than we think. You know what I mean? Yeah, punk music will let you know that. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's that's all Green Day's cold catalog. <laughs> when you say people, you cannot do Green Day with punk music. That's the first thing that came to mind, yeah. Uh-oh. But yeah, being misunderstood, yeah, for sure. But, um, and I think that's something, like, if we all realize we all feel like that, like, that could really bring us together, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what, like, that makes me think of. Watch Uh... Yeah, for uh, first bar, the first bar is where it's at. Like, it's frustrating when you can't express yourself. It's not worse, like for real, for real. To me, um, when you got some shit you really want to say, but you don't, you don't see the effort. Like, you don't see, you don't even see why you should make the effort to fully express yourself. Like, it'll feel like it's a waste of time, whether it's due to your own fears, or you feel like you'll be judged by somebody, or you even feel like. Why even express? Because nothing's going to change for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely dig what Shay says about vulnerabilities. Um, and like you said earlier about, about peeling all the layers, man. Um, when you, like, the concept of undressing yourself, for real, for real, and, ex- and exposing a true you that is a, that's, that's vulnerable, man. Like, I can't, I couldn't do it. I think it's very interesting the way he worded it mm-hmm. because he he's using it in a figurative and literal sense to me mm-hmm. because in the way he says hard enough to trust to undress yourself to exposed and naked in a world full of hatred the sick thoughts of mankind control all that sacred the sick thoughts of mankind first thing that popped, that popped in my head is the literal act of undressing yourself think about well, it made me think about any time I've ever, not any time, I'll put it this way. There's been times where I've, especially when I was younger, messing with a girl that's a victim of sex abuse. Mm-hmm. There are situations where as much as she fucks with me and she likes me, it's hard for her to even be in mm-hmm. that kind of condition. Mm-hmm. To undress herself because being that vulnerable reminds her of another time she's been hurt. Yeah, And I feel like that's part of what he's saying here. It's frustrating when you can't even express yourself in the want to. Like, girl, she might want to fuck, mm-hmm. but because of that, because of the uh, the environment and situation, as much as she wants to, it hurts her to be that vulnerable because of what's happened to her. Yeah. And I feel like that's what, what Jay was saying, man. You know, part of healing, like, is deeper than just um, saying how you feel. Mm-hmm. You might want to talk about something, but... In the back of your mind to think about the last time mm-hmm. type of shit. And then the second part, um, I think it really shows, like, like we joke a lot on the pod about certain shit. 
but like American culture, special American culture specifically is so divisive to where I like I put it this way: I think there is an active agenda between a lot of parts of our community as just American society mm-hmm. to make sure nothing is sacred in this world. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of anything that you come to mind or what's sacred to you, there are people actively attacking that mm-hmm. to make sure nothing is sacred for nobody. Yeah. And that shit is very difficult. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people don't think about that. And I feel like that's a source of anxiety for a lot of people. And why people get so defensive when they can't um, have civilized conversations because in their mind, what's sacred to them is under attack. So they're under attack as well. Yeah. That makes sense. You feel me? Um, Even myself, like, the things I hold sacred in this world, you know, it's personal. And I try to avoid nihilistic people. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in anything in this world because, you know... I, I'm the kind of person, like, I I acknowledge the reality I live in. I'm not going to shy away from the truth. But I do believe a lot in this world. Like, mm-hmm. I do believe there's hope for every person. I do believe there's a future to be made for every person. Mm-hmm. Every person has a potential. It depends on what you do for it. Yeah. A lot of people uh, think they deserve shit. Yep. And, um... I believe the opposite. I don't. I don't think anybody anybody deserves anything outside of healing, mm-hmm. because healing is a is um like biological. Yeah. Like if I if I slash your face, <laughs> I'm saying if I if I slash your face, it's gonna heal by itself. Yeah. To the degree how well it heals varies between what you do with it, but naturally you're gonna heal. Yeah. Not for real. That's why I, I chose your face, not your arm or anything. You have an artery that you have, you're at risk of bleeding out. But if I just slash your face, your face is going to heal over time. But it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the There's same. There's going to be a giant. So that's a, all right, that's another thing. Healing and going back to where you were before something happened is two different things. Well, yes, but sometimes it comparing it with something like that sometimes is a little bit difficult because in that sense, there's nothing you can do like about that after because I always think of the scene in Kill Bill where he's like I'll just cut your face and then he brings up that chick who has the cut face Mm -hmm. and like I don't know like it's not even going back to a a similar place emotionally from before it it's being different like you're going to be different I don't know it I don't know how to vocalize that what I'm saying is like there's a difference between like you know we we breathe without thinking Mm mm-hmm all right, there's air for us to breathe. We all need to eat, but we sh- you still need to go get the food. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. deserve... Nobody even deserves free food. Everybody has to go get their shit because we got to live in. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we try to uh, be equal opportunity for a lot of shit, nobody really deserves anything. You're born in the situation you have. But when it comes to healing, I feel like every person deserves to heal mm-hmm. because it's a natural process of life. Mm-hmm. Nobody is supposed to remain the same. That's what I'm saying. There's not a there's not a human on this earth that doesn't have a scar. Yeah. Physically. Mm-hmm. So if I cut your face, even if you don't do nothing, you're gonna heal from it. Yeah. So I feel like people need to keep that perspective. Because I I know a lot of people that I don't deserve for this to happen. I shouldn't have to deal with that. I don't I, I like what are you really saying? What makes you above anybody else from going through some shit? 
And I feel like people put themselves in pits on purpose, like, um, like, like for me, I'll put myself as example. If I find out today my mother dies, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, oh, why God this? <clears throat> why does somebody else have a parent and I don't? Blah, blah, blah. It's like that. I'm not above me losing anybody else and the next person. But I know people that will lose a parent, a grandparent, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, and then throw themselves in depression because they feel like they're too good of a person for some shit like that to happen. Mm. What makes you better than the next person? Maybe it's not like a I'm better than you thing. Maybe it's just a... But that's the thought behind it, though. I don't deserve this to happen to me. Why not? Because you think you're a better person to happen than the next person? Okay, that's I see the root. That's the now. root of it. This this shit, this shit, this kind of shit doesn't happen to people like me. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, the second part, my brain pours water out my tear ducts to heal me. My Lord's too beneficent. The message grabs a hold of every ear. It gets whispering in. The waters in the bayous of New Orleans still glistening. The universe is listening. Be careful what you're saying. This is shit we've been saying, like... You know, uh, we've been saying this since, uh, I think, episode one or two. Yep. Since episode one. one. Like, we started it with, it's okay to cry because yeah. you niggas ain't as hard as you think you are. Ain't nothing wrong with crying, for real, for real. When you got a nigga like Jay Elect telling you that his healing process... Start, his, his healing process starts off with crying. Yeah. For real, for real. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a little revelation right there. And then uh, the Lord's too beneficent. The message grabs a hold to every ear. I get it gets whispered in. To me, when he says the Lord is too benef- uh, beneficent, this is like a, a dude counting his blessings, or or just a showing reverence and like all the stuff that he's grateful for through the good of his God. Because you know, Jaylek is a very religious person. For real, for real. So he's uh, showing, like, even through all this stuff that he's going through, he's grateful. He's grateful for his uh, religion, which is also another part of his healing process. I disagree. You don't th- you think? I don't think his religion is a huge part of his healing process. Uh, I disagree with that because, like, uh, the reason I no the reason I say that because I feel like his religion is his foundation for how he heals mm-hmm. and not directly. His healing process. His everything he's saying is me, mm-hmm. me. That's why he ends it with, uh, my grandmother says, "Every better nigga make he lays in it." Mm. You know, a big part of religion is suffering, but um, and it's not suffering through God. It's taking refuge in whatever God you believe in. But you suffering is a you thing, not not necessarily healing through your religion. If that makes sense. You use your religion to heal, not healing through your religion. Okay. So I'll put it in this way. We both know, especially when it comes to, to mothers, mm-hmm. they will go through some fucked up shit and be at the church Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday helping, Sunday at church. Yeah. Hitting their knees, hitting the altar every time because they're using the church to heal. And then they get back to the crib and they're not exercising under that. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing I'm saying. It's like they're, it's not using the church to heal or using your religion to heal. You have to... Let me freeze. You're not using... You're not healing through your religion. You, you, you're you using what your your religion is teaching you to heal. Okay. A lot of people find comfort in the church. That's why, like... like It'd be, it be looking cool, but you know a lot of the time when people be hooping and hollering... In response to a sermon, because it sounds good. 
and you feel good in that moment because it comforts you, but you're not you're not you're not practicing what the nigga preaching. Yeah. Yeah, you feel me? So you're you're trying to heal using the church, but you're not healing using your religion. That's what I'm trying to say. I got you. But uh, I feel you. But I, I, when I I feel like he is using his religion in this aspect because after he says the Lord is too beneficent, the message grabs a hold of every ear yeah, gets whispered in. Like I feel like he's really like yo, like the message that's being put out there. Like it sticks. To, it sticks to you, my man. Like you you can't ignore. You can't ignore the uh, the wisdoms or whatever being put out. And in this case, I, I connected to the bar. Uh, okay. They think about the niggas we grew up with that went to church. The niggas is not living under. I'm not shit. talking. About, I'm talking about Jay like in this verse. I'm just saying. You say you you saying it can't be ignored. Mm-hmm. It can be ignored. You're choosing to accept it. Yeah. I feel there's a difference. Like they say, you can bring a horse to water, but, but you can't make a nigga drink. drink. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But like shit can hit your ears, but you're choosing you to accept to, to, it. That's what the process will do for. Uh-huh. Yeah, I agree. But for Jay, like I feel like when when the message hit him, like yo, it took a hold of this. It, it took a hold of him in this healing process for for real. Um, trying to uh, that second part, trying to correlate it to myself. Uh, to me, uh, crying was never a part of a healing process. It was more of a part of like the relief process. Just to get out in whatever form of bullshit you're dealing with now. Because it'll hit you again. Like, sometimes you just feel overwhelmed. So, you just got to let all this bullshit out. Just to feel better in that moment. Um, I, I, I do that shit a lot. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, a nigga just feel like, damn, I'm at, my, I'm at the end of my fucking rope. A quick cry. Boom, we back at it. What's up? What was that? But, um... That's a, that's how that's how I move around through those, for real, for real. I I haven't um going through the verses and stuff like that. Uh, I really don't put too much too much thought into healing, uh, or if I've healed or not. For real, for real. I'm more of a more of a whatever feeling I'm going through. I deal with it for whatever time allotted it needs until it doesn't bother me no more. Did you see a healing growing up? Cause I didn't. I don't. I, I was. I, I was never taught how to heal, so I had to learn for myself. So, did you ever see healing from your parents growing up? I was too immersed in my own bullshit to even notice. Cause I was too. As a kid, I was too busy trying to stick to what they considered was normal, and trying to be as normal as them. That I didn't. I couldn't see if they were going through anything that they needed to heal from. As I get older, yeah, I definitely could see like there's a lot of traumas and shit like that that they just know. So, nah. Are you going to teach your kids how to heal? I hope so. Um, how how are you going to go about doing that if you don't know how to yourself? That's what I'm saying. I hope so. I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping to provide like just to provide a better life form where they don't have to deal with a lot of shit that I dealt with for you. Well, that's the same thing my mother tried to do for me, and that shit was a failure. Mm. But also going back to the I don't deserve this thing, because mm. misfortune's going to fall on anybody. Right. So, like, with my mother, like, as you know, my mother did, my mother took every precaution to try to give me a better life, mm-hmm. but she never taught me how to heal or how to deal with my emotions. Mm. 
So I, regardless of how good an environment she tries to set up for me, when shit inevitably happens, boom, we get back to the family curse of me reacting the same way everybody else does. Can we also go back to the, let me see it, I can't remember how it goes, but there's one that I freaked out about. While you're looking at him, one thing I thought was really, really dope about what he said, after he says, the mess you grab a hold of your ear gets whispering in, the waters in the bayous of New Orleans still glistening, the universe is listening, be careful what you're saying. That's what I was going to say. That reminds me of the saying where it says, everything that is will remain. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about just nature in itself. Nature will be nature regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Regardless of any tragedy, natural disaster, no matter how hard the wind blows or a fire that happens, nature will be nature. Mm-hmm. There's going to be beauty in nature eventually. Exactly. And I think that's super, super, super dope for him to add that in there because it's a fucking truth. But like that last line, the universe is listening. Mm-hmm. I've always told people that you speak into fruition like your current reality so all the things that you feel and you think and you speak Mm. like that is what becomes real i'm a very firm believer in like words Mm. you know so i'm just like people a lot of times will just be like you know i'm so stupid i'm this i'm that not realizing that they're kind of bringing that onto themselves Mm -hmm. so i think a lot of people just don't think about stuff like that and that's a part of the healing process it's a huge part Mm. um i try not to use can't or will not, or impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, especially when referring to myself. Um, uh, you know, so so boom. I just thought about this. I remember when we first started, maybe like the first 15, 20 episodes of the podcast. And I remember uh, a friend that I've known since high school here in uh, Georgia. And he hit me like, bro, I'm so proud of you. You're so, you're, I'm so proud of how you are as a person now. But he made it sound like I'm a different person. And I was like, I don't feel different. Like, I mean, I'm trying to be better, a better person, but I don't feel like a different person. And um, I came to the realization it's because I'm not limiting myself to who I thought I was as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, back in high school, I was, I thought I was a type of person. I thought I was like, you know, the class clown, school delinquent, troublemaker type of nigga. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am as a person. I like to have fun, and yeah, I will, you know, cause that chaos, but that doesn't define me. I'm way bigger and than that. I'm not going to... Yeah, be, and that only came through me healing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that um, I've been able to put in this podcast and the structure and everything. And the only way I've been able to do that is through healing because... I've never been able to achieve that kind of thought process before that. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So healing has been a huge part, being able to see the whole picture, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, especially me when, um, before I learned to heal, it's kind of like, it's like playing a game, right? Like, you play, like, Grand Theft Auto. No, not like, you play, like, Red Dead or mm-hmm. whatever. You can only see the parts that you're in. Yeah. There's a big-ass map, but everything else is clouded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what my thinking was. Yeah. I'm only comfortable in this section of my map because this is how I feel the most confident and functioning. I know, yeah. I know everything else. But yeah. I know I'm good right here. I'm not seeing the whole picture because, one, I'm either too scared to uncover what's over there. And that's what healing is. Healing is open up that whole map for you to really, like, 
have a clear and conscious thought process without having to be scared, bro. Fear being like there's nothing to be afraid. One, there's nothing to be afraid of because whatever happened has already happened to you. Yeah. And I feel like that's what Reezy was talking about. Like she's talking about her fantasizing in that world of whatever happened to her. Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, whatever already happened to you. It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts, but it can like it already happened to you. You gotta you gotta move past that bullshit. Um and the end with the last part. My grandma told me every better nigga making lay in it. The church you go to pray on it. The workers on the outside staring out the windows is for love songs and houseflies. Um, this part is like that's how you end a fucking verse. My grandma told me every better nigga make he lay in it. A lot of people like to excuse their consequences for their actions because something traumatic happens. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not one for victim blaming, but we all need to be conscious of what led you to something, mm-hmm. depending on the event, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And speaking as a nigga, there's a lot of shit that I put myself in those situations. And then I refused to heal from the situation. Yeah. But it finally so, got you to a point where you did, right? Yeah. 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 Um, like I said, like, uh, consequence is a real fucking thing, right? I also feel like with healing, you're allowed to have a little self-destruction as a treat. <laughs> it depends what it is. It depends what it is. But uh, but healing, like, what good is a self-destruction if that's your life? Yeah, but I feel like I was finally able to come to the terms to After. heal. Uh, exactly. But, but a lot of people think that they just, it's like. Um, they stop at the self-destruction. It's like when I, like New Year's happened and it's New Year's resolution, I'm going to the gym. Mm-hmm. But I deserve this little ice cream or a burger or whatever because I've been working so hard. No, mm-hmm. I'm saying it in the reverse. No, no, I hear, I hear what you're saying, but I'm saying like other people's mentality is your mentality without doing the hard part. Well, yeah, but I got to the hard part because of the mm-hmm. thing is what I'm saying. But I get where you're coming from. But to me, that's not actually following through or doing it. So I wouldn't classify them as the same. I'm very stubborn, so I have to keep messing up to learn. Mm-hmm. And when I finally get to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm over this, then I'm like, I need to actually do something productive about it. I'm stubborn as well. It's very annoying. It's very... That's why the self-destruction is a treat. <laughs> but it's for whenever I'm in the beginning phase before I heal. So that's that should be it. The second line um, goes back to what I was saying about Using your religion to heal, not healing through your religion. Mm-hmm. The church you go to praying at, the work is on the outside. I dig up. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was kind of saying. Like, he. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know, that's he's a lot using harder. he's using his religion as a foundation to heal, but he, he's not healing through his religion. Yeah, that makes. sense. The church you go to praying at, the work is on the outside. Yeah. Sitting out, uh, uh, staring out the windows with love song how flies, but people love to pity themselves. I'm not mm-hmm. outside of that, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, bro, you got to get active. Yep, you have to venture out into the unknown, figure your shit out. You know, in a metaphor of fear when it comes to healing, and you got to move the fuck on. Yeah, all that pity shit, man. That shit's for the fucking birds, man. Um. And that's one of the things I fell in with heartbreak. Every time I've been, uh, every time I've ever been heartbroken, it's that pity party. It's me 
looking out the window trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. Why this, why that? And then ego plays a part into me thinking that I'm heartbreak because something happened, not realizing my ego just got hurt. Yeah. And then me reacting to that in the worst, in the worst ways. Um, I want to say something about that part. The ending. To, to me, basically, it reflects on... Uh, Right, right, boom, boom, boom. Go back, go back to the top, or whatever. My grandma told me every bed you lay. It, uh, my grandma told me every bed a nigga make you lay in it. The church you go to pray in it. The workers on the outside. Uh, those bars right there reflect. Uh, it's what you put your. It's, it's what you put your work into, man. I think the Bible says like, uh, like, uh, like faith without works is is dead, basically. Like what are you doing? What are you doing with with this opportunity given? Like in this case, you're talking about the healing process. Are you really working towards your healing for real, for real, or are you just uh like we like we were talking about earlier in religion? Like you know, you do you do your little little praise and all that stuff, but you leave it there. You don't bring it with you throughout the week. In this case, healing. Absolutely, I'm a. Yeah. I, like I said earlier, man, I don't, I don't really, I'm not too much uh, focused on healing for real. What do you think it'll take for you to, to heal, or to attempt to heal? More free time, more time. Now, to do when I work. when I see detriments, like when I see genuine detriments, because I don't, uh, because I haven't been focused on healing for real. Like I haven't, I haven't seen. What are you gonna do when your mom does? I don't know. I never, I never really thought about it for real. I, I do not know. I, I can't say what I would do in that moment. I know I'd be hurt for real, for real. But like action wise and stuff like that, I don't know. I know the fuck. You're not prepared up. for it. Nah. I don't think anybody's prepared for the passing of their parent for real. Like we could say we're prepared, but when something happens, no, you? I'm saying not prepared for the action, prepared for the aftermath. Yeah, nah. I don't think I am. Mm. That's something to think about. Like, I mean, like you were just saying last night, um, in May, you, you planning to go see your mom for a week. Yeah, the, what are you, what, what you going to do if she died before then? Yeah, it'll fuck me up. But you know, yeah. like, well, literally all of this is tying back to that last line of, here's the foundation. You've been taught this, like, practicing your... You have the tools. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have the tools to be able to do it. It's actually doing it. So it's not thinking about what you're going to be feeling when this happens to your mother, I'm not trying to say like, you mm-hmm. know, but like it's the sense of knowing that you can work through it and be okay. You know what I mean? Knowing you have the tools to like. What if you feel like you're already okay though? Yeah, it's happening. How are you okay? It's, yeah. We talking about my mom's passing, but like I've gone through stuff. Like I haven't gone, I've, I haven't gone through that, so I can't heal from it per se. But like a lot of stuff I went through in the past, like I feel like I'm straight from. Magnitude is different. Magnitude is different. Um, yeah. Like I'm, a, uh, I'm, I've healed from my past situations, but there are situations that, in my mind, I'm like, gear up. Like mm-hmm. I know that it's gonna be, a t- like shit can happen right now. I find out it's gonna be hard to get through it, but I know I am able to get through it. Yeah. 
situation like you, you say that you don't you don't have any um you have no incentive on healing. So my question to you is what would happen for you to actually take healing as something that you should do? Because the reason I say that to you mm-hmm. when you something like that happens, something you major like that happen, you try to work through that thing, everything else that you haven't healed from is gonna be on top of that. Mm-hmm. The reason why my father dying was such a difficult thing for me, it wasn't just him dying. It's everything else that I have never resolved in my life being on top of that. The layers. And then you think that um, you can get through it, and then six months pass, a year pass, and then other things you're trying to resolve, and it's 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 a it's 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 a lot. It becomes way more complex than it needs to be. It gets a lot. It's it's a lot. That's what I'm saying. Like you should you should strongly consider. Cause I mean, you know, be realistic. Like our parents are getting older, our families are getting older. Tragedy is bound to happen. Like something is going to happen. You know. What are you gonna do when it happens? You don't want to put it to a point where that's the thing that like totally breaks you. You know what I mean? Cause something like that can and will break you. For Look sure. at Kanye. But like. Kanye West is the perfect example. I'm not Kanye, though. How do you know you're not Kanye? Because you never met the nigga. I know I never met him. So how can you say you're any different from him? How can you say I am? That's what I'm saying. What makes you think that you're not, you won't fall victim to the same? That's what I was saying, that people think they deserve situations. What makes you different from Kanye? I'm not saying, I'm I'm just saying I'm not Kanye. I'm not saying I don't deserve situations. I know, like, tragedy and all that stuff is inevitable. It happens to everybody. But we're saying your level of control is only going to last so long. That's what I'm saying. Like, shit can't break you. I'm using Kanye as a a part because we know him, but people get broken by shit like that. That's what I'm saying. Like, how do you know that it won't happen to you? I'm saying, I don't know if, uh, I, I do not know. I do not know what I would do if I was faced with like a serious tragedy of that, a, tra- a serious tragedy of that nature for real, for real. But he's All asking say, you, what's it gonna take for you to finally take the journey into healing? What would it take? Like I said, um, like I said earlier, like I'm straight. Like I do not see any detriments that. Like, if anything, I feel like I am healed for real because, like, a lot of shit don't bother me. You're still missing the question, bro. What's, uh, Say the question again. When are you going to feel like your, he- like your healing overall is going to... Wait, no, I'm mixing myself up. What is it? What do you think it's going to take for you to take healing as something that you need to do? I, I don't know because I haven't faced a moment where I'm like, yo, you got to... Focus on healing. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I've haven't I've haven't gone through a situation where it's like I right, be boom boom boom. You gotta take this time to figure out what is going on for real, for real. I, I haven't had a situation that made me get real interested. Well, that, that's what I was saying. That so I, it's I in a situation with your mother, mm-hmm. like if your mother, if your mother, God forbid, she dies, mm-hmm. do you think that's what it will take to uh, to break me, or would you just continue doing what you've been doing? I'll be fucked up for a little bit, but um, knowing how I operate, knowing how I move, even in even in this fucked upness, eventually it'll just numb out. Well, what if your father dies right after that? Same process. I'm gonna be fucked up for a little bit. I'm uh, of course I'm gonna cry and all of that. Like I'm not saying I'm not gonna feel nothing. Of course I'm gonna feel something, but I feel like 
after a while, like with a lot of other traumas I've been through, it'll eventually numb out. So past trauma and then new trauma happens and then mom passes and then dad passes and someone else passes and new trauma occurs and then something happens where this moves and instead of being here, mm-hmm. you're here. Mm-hmm. You guys see what I'm saying? That's mostly like that's life, man. Life. That's, that's life. not life. That's a life that you're creating for yourself. That, not really, because trauma happens to everybody. Like detriment happens to everybody. So yeah, but it. But you're creating that life for yourself. Because you're that's cho- how you choose to process. You're it. choosing to do that. That's not life. Like how we mean? were breaking down. Life is like literally life is what you created. You're making mm-hmm. these choices, and then you're making so you're structuring your life to be how it is. Mm-hmm. That's that's you. That's not what happens. That's how you're choosing it. How you choose to react is one thousand percent on you. And I mm-hmm. only got that last year. Yeah. Like that is something that fully clicked in my brain. Where I was like, "Oh shit!" It's no, not how actually... life happens. It's what yeah. you're doing. That's exactly that's what you're you're making this choice to be alive. That is the hardest pill to swallow because you realize at the end of the day, it all has to do with you. But you need to know, and you, that's not something that most people want to accept. Hey, what you mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, like you're you're the one who controls. Hold on. So, what makes you think that's life? Me, like tragedy happens to everybody, so you're gonna have to deal with tragedy some way or another. I feel like that's a part of life, man. Like, yeah, but people... if you don't deal with it. This is I, I am doing like me choosing me choosing to deal with it until I don't care no more. That's me dealing with it. That's yeah, that, that's that's what I'm saying. That's the life you're choosing for yourself. Uh-huh. You're choosing that life for yourself. I, f- I feel that. You, there's where are you getting where are you getting stuck? Because I keep seeing your eyebrows. Do the little thing. Like, what part are you not understanding? You're choosing a life for yourself. No, yeah, I feel that. Okay. But I'm not seeing... I'm still not seeing the issue, is what I'm saying. So, the issue, the issue is what we're trying to do say... Do you not think that you... You have way more potential than what you're doing. And do you not think that you deserve to be happy? Like, actually happy. not function... Not basic bare, Not bare minimum. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing bare minimum. You should be up here instead of up here. Why are you happy right here at the bottom? Don't show anyone what's up here. Because, uh, I feel like healing is not gonna uh, uh, stop my happiness. I'm pretty fucking happy. Like I don't feel like yo. But you're happy at the bottom. I don't think it's the bottom though. Just because I choose not to deal with shit don't mean it's the bottom. It's like it is what it is. So you remember when I was asking before? Are you functional? Are you excelling? Mm-hmm. You're not excelling mm-hmm. when you have the potential to yeah, excel. But I didn't say I was excelling. I said I was setting up shit. To excel, I don't feel like healing is going to be the gas in my rocket or whatever that's going to boost me up. Like, I don't... I've managed to navigate. And even in my own way, like, I feel like it's a... It's a... It's a I'm not going to say... It's, it's, a, it's a form of healing, like, for, for maybe. Me dealing with shit the way I deal with it. But I don't think... Like, I don't think I'm not happy. I don't think you believe that. No, I believe it. I'm, I'm definitely. You happy. think what you just said is a form of healing? I said maybe it is a form of healing. Mean just dealing with shit because people deal with shit. The way are you trying to convince shit. us or yourself? I think you guys are trying to convince me of something I don't need to be convinced about. So I'm trying to explain my point of view because like, I think I'm straight. Like for real, for real. I don't think like 
I don't need all these extra steps. I know how to navigate through life. I know how to deal with shit. So you know how to cut corners. Yeah. I I put it this way. Just because it works now don't mean it's always gonna work. This is a part of maturing into adulthood. You're 29 years old. Things I had, things we used to do when we were 20 years old, it ain't ain't gonna cut it in the future. That's the part. Like I'm not trying to convince you anything. I'm just letting you know what I've learned. Because I mean, I, we share the same mindset. I just grew out of that. Mm. So what I'm saying is that you are way too. You are way too. Uh, what's the word? You are way too convinced that your way is the right way. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's the right way because I know everybody. You see, no, no, I'm saying you. You saying your your way is the right way for you? Yeah, it works because for it works for you because it, it works. It works for me. So that's what right. I'm saying. Like it works. But right, so what we're trying to say is, you should want for more. We're black men. Mm-hmm. We're going to our thirties. But what is this more? Like I don't understand. Like to be I, more. I, I, like 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 I was saying. Like when, it, when we're moving, we're moving into a next generation. We're gonna mm-hmm. have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a father? And you're like, oh shit, I'm what the fuck? Or are you trying to? Equip yourself to be a better father for the future. I feel like I, I, I don't see how that that would stop me from not being a better father in the future. For it's are there like other, other things in your life you wish that your parents would have taught you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That then that's what I'm saying. Mm. As as we're moving on in generation, we need to be better parents than our parents were. Mm-hmm. generational healing because they've actually done this study where like <sighs> pain can be carried down through generation mm-hmm. and generation and generation and that's a lot of like that whole narrative of like the angry like black person mm-hmm. that's been shown that that pain is like carried down mm-hmm. generation to generation so that's why there's so much of like that there so it's like it's up to us to break the cycle and come out of that and i honestly feel like that's why so many people now are so focused on mental health Mm -hmm. because it's like we've been going in this similar direction for so long where everyone's kind of taking baby steps but we're really trying to break past these tiny little baby steps so it may not seem like it's a big deal because like in the long run you're thinking I've been doing this forever I'm going to be fine and it's not that we're trying to attack you or your character it's when you see somebody and I have told you this multiple times who has all of this potential that could do so many things like literally when I met you, mm. I could see it. Like I could tell you can. You have such a charisma and a charm about you, but people are able to read the. You know, I love you. People are able to read through the things that you don't see. People can see through your bullshit. Mm. Like we've been sitting here this whole time talking, and I know when you're talking, and you know, and you're confident. We're saying, and I know when you're talking, and you're trying to bullshit me and Derek. I love you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what I'm saying, like potential, 
it's working now, but do you want to be 55 years old and you're about to send your kid off to college and you're still using the same mentality you're using now? So, you're Del Curry. Mm-hmm. Do you want a Steph Curry? If you're Joe Bryant, do you want a Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Are you capable of creating that? That's what I'm saying. And the answer is no. You're create. You're capable of creating a Joe Bryant mm. because you don't have the. You're not. You're not equipping yourself with the tools to excel for next generation. I feel like it's a lot of focus on healing. Like, it's, it's a healing is one of the most major parts of us as human beings. Like, it's 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 a focus because, bro. Like, think about. It, so think about all the crime, the crime podcasts, the murder, murder porn, mm. all the self-help books, all the self-help gurus. Motherfuckers are scammers. Mm-hmm. They preying on people's hopes to heal from situations. Mm. Healing is one of the most vital parts of us as human beings that everybody has to go through. Because people expect Everybody goes through pain. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's very important. So it's like, like me, I'm, I'm taking steps... Because I know that I'm going to be 30, and I'm going to be 40, I'm going to be 50, I'm going to be 60. Hmm. I have to mature. Yeah. And it's not because shit worked back then. I mean, if depending on who you ask, I was successful when I was 22. Hmm. I was successful when I was 24. I'm successful now. doesn't mean I shouldn't find ways to excel and move to a higher plane of thinking because I'm getting older. There should be a constant... Uh, hunger for more mm-hmm. to quote Lloyd Banks I should always want to be more and be better yeah. cause why not I have the potential to be. you have the tools and what the, what's the, the fucker what's the point of doing a podcast if I'm just cool with or it works here and then that's it mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of uh, well that's not that's just how I feel about that aspect in life I don't think it impedes uh, it, it bleeds into other parts of your thinking because the way you're talking about this, mm-hmm. you said the same thing about other stuff on this podcast. I feel like I've only said stuff like, because I don't really care about this like emotional stuff for real, for real. I feel like it's only when it pertains to emotions and stuff like that. Like, But that's the thing is, our existence as human beings, emotions are such an important part of it. All five of your, all five of your senses are related to emotion. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's So like, how is it not that important? I never really put my stake in it, like for real, for real. So, so what, what I'm saying is that, so what I'm saying is that you should think about doing it because you're missing out. You're not thinking that it's a major part doesn't make it not a major part. How can you see what you're keeping yourself from if you can't even see the other side? Yes. You because, are your own obstacle, my nigga. Because I don't see the importance of the other side. But exactly, but you. You're not. What do you think your potential is? Uh, in what aspect? What you mean, like in general? You know, the, you know what it means, nigga. No, but like in what aspect? Because like, what I do don't you think, think your, I don't, th- your potential is as a person? I don't think how I am. Because uh, this is just how I feel like most. I feel like how I am is not stopping me from reaching my potential or whatever. Because I feel like potential. Like, and my person, like I feel, see us doing great things with the podcast, doing great things in life. How I don't well, how using this as an avenue for real, for real. Wow, it takes work to do this podcast. Yeah. So what are you doing to I don't fulfill that potential? That's that's two different type of works. Like I'm, putting, I'm just uh, asking you a question. No, I'm saying that's two different type of works. Like 
me grinding to to get something popping is not the same thing as me uh, taking like a a, a a mental health day or something like that. As someone that does most of the work for the podcast, I'm telling mm-hmm. you, it is. It takes a lot of mental preparing, uh, preparation. It takes a level of conscious thinking and healing mm-hmm. to think of everything that we talk about every single week. So if we excuse the podcast, think about yeah, yeah. yourself as an artist. What is your potential as an artist? I think I'm uh, writing bars for like writing bars that relate to other people that uh, stick to the ribs. Like I always always said, like when uh, Kendrick Lamar said, "These bars get so much farther than Compton." I always felt like I just want to write something that somebody uh, reflect on for for like mm-hmm. hair barn and have a stick to their ribs for for a minute. But if you don't feel those things or you kind of numb them but that's not like I feel music like I, I, I know how music makes me feel but it takes a lot it's more to being an artist and writing bars mm. I know. That's, so I what agree, do you I agree so how, what's your potential with that just trying to get better lyrically trying to get better uh, song wise uh, putting meaning into songs and things of that nature like putting a putting a putting a deeper essence into music and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like I don't. I don't see the how the dots connect. So being an artist is more than the actual art itself. Like she's a photo a photographer, right? Mm-hmm. Being a being a photographer means more than just a film. Yeah. It's a technique. It's the the mechanical process of creating it mm-hmm. and mechanical process of people receiving it. Yeah. So with that part, how what's your potential with that? You want, like you said, Kendrick Lamar, he want these bars to reach further than Compton. Mm. What did he do to make sure those bars reach further than Compton? He continued dropping dope music, dope projects. He uh, basically made a name for himself through his uh, through his art form, which is rap. Right. Mm. So you quoted it. So how do you apply that to your life? Is what I'm saying. I say the same difference. Like, if you can continue progressing into your bars and drop dope projects and stuff like that, if you're talking about, like... Uh, artistry and as a uh, as a rapper in this instance, I could do the same thing for a, for. A, I don't see how healing per se. You see what do you, that. You see what I'm saying? So what, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that it's all effort in order to do it. You're telling me what it takes to do it, mm. but what are you actually doing to do it? All right, every day. That's what I'm saying. Like if you talk well, outside of writing. Like you just say Kendrick, mm. drop music, put himself out there, create a persona for himself and all that shit yeah. for us to, for us to listen to it when we were nineteen twenty, right? Mm. What are you doing to do that in your potential? Oh no, we're uh, I'm not really working towards a. Uh, I'm working on a project, but like I haven't dropped it yet. I'm just working on it right now, for real. Okay, so the reason I was saying that it bleeds into other parts of. Your life is because you're thinking, I'm writing bars, so mm. I'm good. I'm going to keep writing bars. You go years writing bars, but if, if you're not putting something out, if you're not creating something, what are you doing? And that's just being an artist. You look at, mm. like myself, if you're talking about being a son, trying to be uh, having a career in life, talking about romantically, talking about being um, a role model for other kids, or family members or whatever, it's a lot more than just the first step. Mm. And then that's where you're at when it comes to the healing part. In your mind, the first step is cool because I don't have to deal with nothing. It's working. Mm -hmm. You can apply that to other parts of your life and you see it's the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. You're saying that, oh, I'm writing bars. I'm working on a project on writing bars. Mm. You're still at the very first bottom level. Yeah. The, the hunger for more, it's mm. like the whole pie is the whole pie. You're only like right here in this part. But you're being fed off this one part. Mm-hmm. You feel like a rapper because you're just writing bars. Mm. There's a lot more that goes into make, dropping a project than just writing. And that's what we're talking about with the healing process. That's what we're talking about just progressing as a person. You thinking that, okay, I'm doing this part. That's not enough. You're just living at the bare minimum. It's the functioning, excelling thing. And that's where we were trying to get you to see, like... Like, I love Rip. I love Rip to death. Like, I look at Rip as a brother. Mm -hmm. But even Rip will tell you that what he was doing before Moses got here as a baby and what he's doing now is two different things because Moses forces him Mm -hmm. to push for more. Mm -hmm. If Moses never came... Who knows what Rip, Rip probably be still trying to do the same thing he was doing years, whatever, but because a baby's here, that's motivation for him to be more, to be better, to be a better father, be a better, better man, and a better artist. Mm. What is it going to take for you to want to be better? Because you have the potential to be. I feel like I'm better already, though. You're not. I'm not. That's I'm not why saying I'm, I'm the best, but I feel like... like G shit like you're not and I'm not that's why we're saying we need to work for it you see how I spend my time Mm -hmm. and it's not because I got it I'm trying to get it if you're not trying to get it you will never have it do you want to be 35 still trying to figure out how to drop it for your first project I don't think so that's not the wave so that's what I'm saying it's like you have to tap into your potential and want to get something because if you keep this mentality of well, I'm just doing this is cool, you will never have nothing. And I know that now because look at in the last year of the podcast. We just went through the numbers of shit last night. This shit would never happen if it wasn't for the effort we put in. And that's the difference. It's the effort. We look at other people trying to do shit. They're not doing the work we put in. We're not. They're not coming up with the content and putting the, uh, the thought, uh, the the level of uh, thinking we put in, and that's why we're excelling. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, you will never have anything that you want. I agree. I agree with that. So that's what Before, we're saying. We're not trying to convince you of anything. We want you, we want you to be the best nigga that you can be. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing now, you will never be able to be anything close to that. Unfortunately, like, no, nah, I definitely feel all of that, like for real, and not even feel like I, I, I hear it for real. The issue is, I, I, ju- I just can't connect the dots between the, the importance, the of, of progressing as an as a person, and then progressing like a, mindset is the word yeah. that you want to think about. Your mindset and how you apply your time to what you apply to. Mm. That's the that's the part. Because there's a lot of shit in your life that you think, oh, whatever. You have the same opinion about that that you have with the healing process, mm. with a lot of other shit. Yeah, and you might not be conscious of it, because like you said, you don't think about it. You don't put much stake into it. Yeah, but that's you're suffering from it. 
Think about how many other niggas that we know in the city that we've met in the last year that's younger than us, that are way higher than what than, than what you're doing right now. Is that because they're better than you or they uh, are they more potential than you? I don't think so. So so what's the difference? I guess uh well, job's calling me. I guess uh I'll tell you I'll tell you for a fact mm-hmm. there's certain niggas I know that are five years younger than us that the only reason that they are further than you are in the same field mm-hmm. is because of their work ethic mm-hmm. that you have twice as much potential and honestly I think the effort that you would need to apply wouldn't even need to be that much honestly that much Really, truly, like, there is so much energy that you just don't, I don't know if it's that you don't see or you don't realize it's there, but it's just, like, there's so, there's literally so much. And it would just be the smallest change in mindset. And then slowly, like I was telling you, things start happening. And then you start today, by the end of the year, like, you literally don't know Whenever I last saw you, right after New Year's when I came over, mm-hmm. and like you stood with me outside, mm-hmm. and you said to me something along the lines of like me being in hibernation, but you know something amazing is about to come out of it because you feel it, mm-hmm. and like it's because I took the time to do what I needed to do, and everyone's been telling me that lately, and it's like I did the work, and I'm excited for what's coming. I don't yeah. know what's coming, but it's like. I don't know. There's just like so much since I have met you, for real. Like, in yeah, I believe in yourself, man. You really do, cause they're. I believe in myself. But like at the level where that. you would want to want more. I believe that you know you're great, mm-hmm. but you don't believe. All right, I'll, I'll rephrase. I believe that you know you're great. And that's your biggest flaw. Because I know I'm great. I'm a brilliant ass nigga. But my brilliance has not got me anywhere. My hard work and dedication. What I put my time into has gotten me places. That's what you need to focus on. You need to change your mindset and stop being okay with the bare minimums. Because yeah, you functioning and you cool and you're getting by day to day. Mm-hmm. But... Is that all, all it's ever going to be? Because at this rate, you're not even going to make third place. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Uh... All right, put it this way. Like we were talking about your mother dying. Let's say let, let's say you're going to work tonight. I die tonight. Mm. What are you going to do? Oh, fuck me up. I mean, outside of... You feeling? What are you gonna do? I don't know, man. Like for for I don't know. Uh, I don't even know where to begin for. Uh, That's a problem. I don't know. That's a huge problem. You need to think about like. That's where impulse. Any kind of like decision, like whenever you're feeling feelings, like you're not going to be as rational as you think you're going to be. And that's why we say you don't know how you're going to react because when you're in the middle of like a storm like that, mm-hmm. you 
don't know. Yeah, what I, I didn't say I knew. I, I, I knew I would know Iraq. I, not, I really don't know because, I, like I said, I never put much thought, thought into that aspect of life or whatever. What would you do if I died? No, reverse it. If he died. What? Right, so, in the aspect of what I'm doing, what? How? What would you do? I make sure his legacy live lives on through my work, but just show goes on. The greatness that we building, if something were to happen to you, you would live through ever, you would live through ever through everything I'm doing, but what you, your life doesn't impede what I'm doing. No, if that's what you're talking about, yeah, I feel that. I thought you were talking about like more on the on the healing side, like oh, what I do to try. Well, to that's part of it, yeah, because I, I know how to heal. I wouldn't know how to heal from you now. I know exactly what I would do and what but it would take. Making sure your legacy goes on, that's yeah, definitely that's, like that's, a, that's a healing definite. thing. I thought you took so? Yeah, yeah, nigga. For yeah. sure. For sure. If you died, if my mother died, if my pops died, if my sister died, if one of my nieces and nephew died, it would hurt me immensely. But I know how, I know what it takes to heal from those events and how to carry on those legacies in my life. If I were to die, what you gonna do? You gonna are you, are you, are you capable of continuing with the podcast? I think I'll be able to do the pod. Just going with the format that's left for. If it. I die tonight, you be able to do the podcast next week. I think I uh, not next. If you die tonight, I'm not doing the podcast next week. But, but I'm just saying, I would. Yeah. If you were to die tonight, a podcast coming next week to celebrate your life, the same we did with Kobe Bryant. That's Kobe Bryant, though. I feel like if you pass, that's away, Kobe Bryant. Like we do, Kobe Bryant. But we don't know Kobe Bryant. I know for a fact if if you passed away, I'm not dropping a podcast next Tuesday, but I probably drop on the week after that one. I'd be too fucked up if uh, if you pass. I'm not dropping out. I'll be too fucked up to focus on a podcast like recording a podcast. The podcast will continue, but I'm not dropping an episode next week. Why not? I'm too fucked up. I'm not in the uh, in the. Uh, I would be in the right state of mind to to focus. Like I just lost my best friend to do a podcast. Like I could celebrate your legacy in other ways, but like for me to to be in the current frame of mind, to have coherent ideas and stuff like that, and engage a good conversation and shit like that, I know I would be in the right mental place to do that next week. I think that this is good. We're 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 getting into the. I'm just glad this went a lot better than I thought it would. Yeah. Sometimes I forget how rational you could be, like in the sense of, like I thought that we were gonna like go in and talk about this, and then you were just gonna be like, I saw this going a different way in my head. Mm. I thought you were gonna be ten thousand times more defensive. You were only like forty per thirty-seven, twenty-six. When it comes to death. How you choose to grieve is the major part of it. Mm. And when you learn how to heal, you harness your self-control, which is a major part of why healing is important. Mm -hmm. If you were to die or my mother were to die, I'd be able to form a podcast in celebration, be able to do it and have fun with it because as much as you're hurt, I'd be able to celebrate your life because I know how to, I know how to grieve from that. I know how to heal from that. You feel what I'm saying? Healing and grieving is more than just mourning and you stuck in your room in the dark crying. It's 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 way more vast than that. 
not just healing from death. There's all kinds of healing, but it's like uh, it's like knowing how to boil water. Mm. If your ass don't know how to boil water, you ain't gonna cut too much. Mm-hmm. That's what healing is. If you don't know how to heal, there's all kinds of ways of grieving the morning that you don't know how to do because you can't do something like healing. Mm-hmm. So we talking about physical abuse, sexual abuse, rape, heartache, uh, death, uh, loss, uh, physical harm mm-hmm. that come to you. Like people, people have to emotionally, ha- people have to emotionally heal from being physically hurt. All the ball players that lose their knee, rotate the cuff court, go out for ball, baseball players, uh, broken limbs and all kind of shit. Mm. That's an emotional toll as well. But all that comes from the from like the bare the uh, the foundation is healing that all those have in common. So that's like if if you weren't able to connect the dots with anything else, think about that. Because healing it comes a lot. more. That's why I wanted to do the podcast. Cause we talked about heartbreak. I don't know how many times, mm-hmm. but actually healing connects to everything that comes with hurt. That's why it's so important. Does that make sense? I can make it make sense in the aspect of not make sense, but I'm saying like it's just it's just weird to me, like. Never once in my life have I ever focused on, like, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'm going to get my grief on. I'm going to get my, uh, I guess, healing, for lack of a better word, on. Like, uh, it's always been more of a, you'll get through a situation. Like, I love saying, like, yo, B, ain't, ain't that last forever, for real, for real. So, I just always saw it as a time thing, like, uh... You're not gonna. I could put it like I could put a time limit. Like boom, this is bothering you right now. I guarantee in a week you won't care. I guarantee in two weeks you won't care. Oh, this is a big one. Yeah, I give it about two three months before it, before it don't bother you no more. But I never. In a way, I guess I could. I How thought, productive are you in the meantime? If if I'm trying to find a, I can I can I can be productive in during situations like this. If I especially if I find a distraction, a good distraction, she a distraction of being productive to different thing. If you're productive with your distraction, it is I think. So in your in your case, what how are you productive? In a situation like that, if I'm trying to get a if I'm trying to get through something, I just work, 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 work. And it puts me in a position like, uh, well, I'll think about what I was bothering me. Can I just real quick interject? The definition of distraction, a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else. Mm. I'm yeah. sorry. So just a brief interjection. That's not, that's not being productive. That's just that's what I'm thinking to say, the thing about. I don't want to do a whole deep dive psychoanalysis. Mm. but Have we not already been? You just need to, like... You, you need to think about it because this is something that a lot of niggas... Are suffering from, hmm. and and the thing that, like I don't want to I don't want to say it's humorous, but I find it very ironic. The same mentality that you're saying is what you hate. That you told me you hate seeing other niggas. What? Uh, for the lack of a better term, uh, will be a good way without saying insulting. 
as you would say, just a uh, bottom of barrel ass nigga. What you're saying that that's the same mindset. I don't connect those dots. You're still in the barrel. You getting by. You in the barrel, but you just at the bottom. I disagree. Like you said, you in it. I'm here. I'm gonna get in by. Mm. So it's just but as I'm good. Just talking about like emotional aspects of it, like that's part of it, my nigga. That's part of it. Uh, do you not? You don't think mental health is important? I think mental health is important. If, I think mental health is important, depending on the. It's yes or no question. Yeah, no, yes. Yes, it is, it is important. It's an important. But what is the disclaimer? Depending like, what is the on... depends on what? Depending on the type of person that it is, like <laughs> some people. Are I, I think that's a good. I think, I think, I, for real. Like I think some, that's people, a good... some people, I think are real good at just uh, not dealing with shit the way everybody else deals with shit. You make a lot of excuses, my nigga. You really that's do make a lot of excuses. So the thing, the thing, I'm gonna I'm keep it real. We can end on here. One of my biggest problems with how you think that I think that is keeping you from being um, your potential, mm. you will say anything to make it convenient for what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, it's cool for you, but for me, eh, it's working because of say yada yada yada. Mm. Because of this, yeah, that's working for you, and I see what you're saying. But for me, it's yada 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 yada. Mm. Like you, in your mind, you live by a different set of rules and circumstances than everybody else. And as much as you want to, your natural reaction is to disagree. Everything that you said in the, in the last like hour proves that in your mind, what you doing for you is working for you. Mm-hmm. Fuck what everybody else is doing. Why does that? Why does? Why is that a negative? It's well, a negative. It's a positive when it applies to other things. It's like a positive. That energy should be channeled elsewhere. It's positive when you're doing positive, but you're not doing positive. You're not doing anything. I disagree, but I I know that's why I said you <laughs> say I disagree anyway because you can't even think past that. I'm really trying to find a detriment to or should you? Do you think you're a leader? Yeah, I definitely think I'm a leader. I think you're capable of being a leader, mm. but I don't think anybody's looking at you like, oh, I want to be like him. I disagree in that aspect. I what think you, I think a lot of people. What are you doing look, to make people want to be like you? Is what I'm I saying. I think a lot of people look at me and be like, "Yo, like I'm not a hard on my sleeve. I'm not a hard on my sleeve as person." Like I think some people are too crippled by their emotions to move to move forward. I agree. And I think they see me and then they be like, "Damn, I wish, like I wish such and such didn't bother me the way it bothered." Like the way I'm he saying, what are you like doing? That. It's Black History Month, right? Mm-hmm. We want to be pillars in our community. Yeah. What are you doing to say like, oh, Lord Noel, he is a leader for our niggas out here? I think I move as a leader, dog. Wherever I'm, wherever I work at and shit like that, like, I don't. I'm not out here following niggas. I'm not out here if I see somebody doing it some certain type of way. I think for myself, like, I'm not here like, yo, boom. Somebody's doing it this way. I don't even like listening to niggas for real, for real. But you're still missing the part of saying, what are you doing? 
that's still missing that part. I'm moving a leadership aspect. Like I'm not going to tell you to do. Uh, I'm not going to tell you to do wrong. I'm like I'm in even in this way of thinking. Like I just know it doesn't work for me. I'm not saying it doesn't work. If it works for somebody else, I'm not going to knock them for it. Like for like an emotionally. Yeah, but you're, you're still not answering the question. What are you doing? I'm 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 being me. I think I'm a natural leader for. Like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm put it. I'm so one of your heroes is Cameron, right? Yeah. You love Cameron for what he like. This nigga was a go getter. Yeah. Fucked up situation and got out of that situation for a better situation. Yeah. Leader of a crew, put his crew on, release amazing music, a trendsetter in fashion, mm-hmm. a trendsetter in slang, a trendsetter in New York hip hop. Mm-hmm. All these things. That he did outside of who he is as a person. Yeah. What are you doing? I definitely feel like I'm a trendsetter. Um, I feel like I'm a very positive person, dog. Like I provide, uh, sorry, I provide motivation for niggas around me and shit like that. But you, you're telling me what you think you are. You think you're motivational, no, but, you're, but what uh, are you doing to motivate? Like what is a thing that you could you could list off? Oh. Like Cameron, uh, help help revolutionize the mixtape. Yeah. Him and Fifty. That's doing something. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right that now. you think you that you that you deserve that acclaim? Right now it's the pod. The pod is the only thing like I'm doing in that aspect, and that's the focus on life right now. If it was a if we were still doing that rap shit, it'd probably be bars. No, I'm not doing the rap shit. Mm. You claim to be a, still a rapper. That's yeah, the rap. So what are you saying? We. I mean, if if the like I'm saying like if we were still a group of shit like that, like it would be bars. But right now it's, it's the podcast. Group, group or not, the show should still go on. Mm. I'm not talking. About, no, I'm saying like ODS. If we was like on that. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I'm saying like that 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 shouldn't be any reason why you haven't put any music out. That's true. Well, mm-hmm. so and I, the reason I'm saying it to you because I know there's other people listening that need to hear it as well. Yeah. Like you already know, I got a, a I got alert on my phone. Good intentions is not an achievement. Mm. What do you have on your resume? At the top, you have all your skills. I'm a likable person. I'm hardworking. Yada yada yada. But when it comes down to actually putting in shit that you've done and your skills, mm-hmm. what are you gonna put there? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know you're motivational. No, yeah, I know you don't take shit from no nigga. Yeah, I know you can get out the mud. But what have you done outside of that? That's the part I'm saying you need to focus on. You need to actually do some shit. You need to have something that says Lo Noel by yourself under your name instead of it be Twy and Lo. The same way I have, I've done a lot of shit that, have, that you're not a part of mm. that you can say, oh, Twy's done this, this, and that. That's mm. what I'm saying. That's the potential that you need to fill. You need to build your own legacy. You need to actually do shit. You need to lead. You need to have something. You have nothing. You have nothing that you can hold to say that's yours. Mm. I'm telling you that charisma. People would follow you. Like you, you just have so many good skills that if you channeled certain energy into the right way, you could like literally do so much. For real, for real. For real. Like you have this. You have. You have it. You just you not, you're do. not doing it. Is a point. Also, we pause real quick. Um, now nah, we can we can wrap up. Well, I really Melinda just got back from New York yesterday. Mm-hmm. Her mom hasn't been doing very well, and she's like 
in a weird place, so I really wanted to go see her, and that's what I was gonna say. I'm yeah, we're about, to, we're about to wrap it up. Okay. Um, before we before we get out of here, you have any reminders? Uh, I do not. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Um, reminder. Sometimes it's good to take like two minutes out of the day, even in your car, just to sit for a second, take three deep breaths, and you're good. That's good advice. My reminder going this order. Pop Smoke said on Welcome to the Party. Baby, welcome to the party. I'm off the Molly, the Zan, and the Lean. That's why I'm moving retarded. <laughs> <laughs> this is a reminder that everybody appreciates a warning. Let me know what kind of situation I'm getting into ahead of time so I know how to maneuver. Next, Tyler Creator said on Group B. Nigga saying, at your age, T, you tripping, pushing 30, but the skin say different. This is a reminder to exfoliate. Me, myself, I still look 22 regardless of how old I look. How old I, how old I am in reality. And that's because I treat the skincare routine like cooking crack on the stove. There's procedure. And to finish, Eminem said on The Real Slim Shady, Will Smith doesn't have to cuss in his raps to sell records. Well, I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. <laughs> this is a reminder that the shit that works for the next man ain't meant for you to run with. Be yourself and find success living in your truth. And you niggas, more so than ever, it's okay to cry because you ain't as hard as you think you are. This is my episode 56 and running Triz. Better in tune with the infinite J Electronicles version. And you know on the block, protect your motherfucking neck. You want to know why? Because you's a, you's a, you's a, you's a, you's a, bitch, bitch. I have, um, bitch.